Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 18th. This has been Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can get your MBA and feel like you're getting paid to do so. We are here from 3 to 6 on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it as the big X, Trevor Kelsey in the house, rocking his AEW wrestling t-shirt, looking dapper, looking more focused than he was this time 24 hours ago. Tuesday Night Dynamite tonight. Tuesday Night Dynamite is moved for any particular reason? Is uh, NHL games tomorrow night on, on the same channel. Ah. Fun fact, though, when AEW originally started to begin, they actually trademarked Tuesday Night Dynamite to begin with. Then uh, NXT and WWE was like, oh, you know what? We're going to put our show on Tuesday night. Dynamite is war. And then I was like, yeah, we'll just move to Wednesday. And they, WWE was like, we'll move to Wednesday. And then they got <laughs> WB, But Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just realized something, by the way. What's I'm going to start to show off on a great note here. Okay. So I just I went until I was just listening to the open. There, there's a line in there, which I sent you this, this, uh, this meme or something a few weeks ago. From the uh, the movie Tombstone, the famous stock holiday line it says, "I'm your Huckleberry, uh-huh. Johnny Ringo." Looks like somebody just walked all over your grave. And apparently, like that's the wrong word. Say you, you sent me this already. It's supposed to be Huckleberry. Yeah, we've talked about this, but I'm, but because we we're both wrong. Yes, but I, I just realized even in an open, I use the I use the wrong uh, saying in a soundbite. Yeah, like just I mean, even. Whether I'm saying it or I'm using a soundbite, clearly I can't use the right word. Now that one, like, I don't think that you're dumb for for that one because I, Thank I, I thought the exact same thing. Opposed to being dumb for everything else, a couple of the other ones, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but this one, I think that I'd be willing to bet that most people listening also thought it was Huckleberry, not Huck. Well, that's what he actually says. He does say right. Huckleberry, and, and I said, think that most people know it as that. Yeah, and uh, apparently Val Kilmer messed up the line, and they were like, you know what, just leave it. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, it's fine. It's it's it's, it's whatever. Are we getting a new opening anytime soon is what we want to know. Oh, you want a new open? I don't, I don't care, but the people have been asking. We haven't exactly had great vibes with this one. Really, the people? No one's don't say anything to me. The text line. I look at the text line. I didn't see it. text line's asked a couple of times in recent weeks. Okay. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah. You can search, hop on there after the show, search opening. You'll find people asking for it. Text line or in your head? No, text line. Okay. Y'all see, now when you question, I have to go well, look now, them up. Well, now it didn't matter. Now they're going to just do it just to like preview right. Well, no, now I can, I can go back and look at the ones that I'm talking about. Okay. I uh, couldn't agree more with the opening. We need a new one. When was this from? 
October 6th. <laughs> okay. That's not okay. Uh, would it cost Trevor any time to make a new opening? I feel like this one has been going for a long time. That's uh, September 22nd. Okay. This is our, this is our third open. Well, technically second. Third. But the second one we uh, used for like a week. Yeah, and I don't count the first one because it was just. I, I've liked them all. They've all been good. Yeah. I'm just saying that people feel like this one has some bad juju. Well, it's not my fault. <laughs> don't blame the don't blame the sound bites, man. Blame Ben. I love the opening. <laughs> we just need something good to happen here. Uh, we've got to, two minutes of me saying I hate Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets us dubs. That's all that matters. We've got three hours here today. We got a lot to get to. Uh, we've got some some drama on the DeAndre Moore recruitment front. We've got drama. I got some scoop. I had uh, I got spies at hoops practice. We keeping it real goes wrong. We can't find anything about about basketball team. So I sent some spies. Had spies multiple times, multiple days, both coming back with pretty much the exact same report, which makes me feel confident in, in what they saw. But you with your little birds out there. I got, little, I got little birds everywhere. Singing in your ear. Eh, how do you think you get to this point? <laughs> On Big X Radio, doing the show three to six every day. Uh, we've got uh, so, so we'll talk about that a little bit. We've got Scott Satterfield's weekly press conference, Malik Cunningham's status update for Saturday, some pit notes as well to get to, and then we want to hear from you on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. You guys are already just clamoring for a new opening, uh, although people are saying I love the opening, too. You, I mean, that's bringing it up. Equal parts. Like, yeah, I knew it was going to open up sure. the floodgates for today. But. We love Thorntons. We love Alex Cupper. We love Alex, uh, Kelly Leonardo. We love all of our friends over there. We love the fact that they are bringing you the best gas prices in the city when you use that Refreshing Rewards app. Download it today and then stop by any one of the 34,614 area Thorntons locations. Save some money at the pump. Save some money inside. Become a Refreshing Rewards member. And then text us on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. Uh, it was another awful Monday Night of Sports because the football game was hot ass once again, and the baseball game got postponed. You mean ended the exact way I said it would? Chargers winning by three but not covering? You were right. You you were totally right. It's amazing. I'm only right when I don't bet. Yeah. I mean. That's how it goes, isn't it? And it was was exciting for those who had, you know, fantasy reasonings behind it. That was that was a nail biter all the way to the end. I but. heard you can go. I don't know. Everybody says nobody wants to hear about fantasy teams. You can go, you you get thirty seconds to vent about your horrible, heartbreaking, soul crushing loss last night. I mean, all I need all I need is is just like a few yards. They get the ball back. Austin, and I'm, I'm I'm talking about Austin Eckler. Three carries, no yards in any of them. Then they don't even throw him the ball. They kick it. I lose the game by like I think it was like by point five or something like that. Point four. Yeah, you sent me the score. It was bad. Yeah, I mean it was. I, it's yeah, it was, I was very frustrated. Very angry. Uh, Brandon Staley, you can suck it. <laughs> That's all you needed. Less than 30 seconds. That's not the first time. Uh, hey, come on. That was too easy. We got baseball like postponed me. until this afternoon, which uh, we'll, we'll have to flip on at 4.30 when that I, starts. I was going to ask you when that. I couldn't remember. I saw it got – I was watching. It was, I think it was in the fourth quarter of the Charger game. I was like, oh, crap. Who won the Yankees game? And I went down to like, check the score, and I was like, postponed. I'm like, oh, good. I, I didn't felt, miss anything. I felt bad. Yeah, I felt bad. Like the game, like just it was about to start. I guess it would have technically just started, and like I had no idea it was delayed. I, we just I was we were feeding the kids dinner, and I text like our baseball group. I'm like, all right, let's go Yanks. And I flip it on. I'm like, I'm like, okay. It's a mat. Dylan's like, they're hoping for 9:30, but these weathermen don't know bleep. Uh, they were they wanted to play. I know everybody was like, the Yankees are asking for it to get uh, <laughs> to get postponed to give them a better shot. Uh, but he was like, no, we're, we're I mean, they're starting the NLCS tonight, aren't they? Is that tonight too? I think it was tonight or tomorrow. I thought it was tonight, but I think they're. I don't know if they made an announcement, but Dylan was like, "We're probably going to start Shane Bieber, so we'll see." What, I, don't I, think, know. I think they did announce. Did they, they announce it? I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. Yeah, I figured they would, but he was like, "Unless something crazy happens, we're going to start Bieber." Um, but 
we'll see what happens there. NLCS, I don't, I'm not sure exactly when that starts. Um, Bieber, the, the musician, right? No, uh, the, 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 the pitcher, <laughs> Shane Bieber. He used to play for the uh, Cleveland. It is tonight. Phillies, uh, Padres, 8.03 tonight, first pitch. I think Bieber used to play for Cleveland not too long ago. He did. Okay. Um, so, anyways, 502-414-1450, where do we want to start today? We, we can start with, well, first of all, how was your, how rude of me? How was your Monday evening? It was, first of all, very rude of you, Stephanie. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, other than, you know, fantasy letting me down while re- where reality normally does, I, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad. I, I, caught a, I didn't catch a few movies. I got, I don't know why I do this to myself. This is like, just like, I don't like self-mutilation in some way to my mind, but. Okay. So, like, I, I end up watching, like, Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers comes on, I catch it at the very beginning. Love, are you are you a Blues Brothers fan? No, and you I feel like you've watched it a lot since well, we started doing the show Because it's an awesome movie, and you not liking it, it's just. Sorry. Not a big fan. Sh- shows lack of taste. Yeah. Well, if, that, if you didn't like that, then you would really hate the fact that for some reason, I don't know why, it, Blues Brothers 2000 comes on right afterwards, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit through this. Because apparently my life is not punishment enough. <laughs> it, it, it's so annoying because, because A, the soundtrack is actually really good. But the movie is just such an abomination. Like, it's just... I've heard bad things. A, how is it Blue is 2000 when it came out in 98? That right there alone was just like, just a lie. Second, it's just like, I feel so bad for John Goodman. Because he's tried so hard. He's not that bad of a fit for this role. But it's just like, with, of all the like the replacements of people in sequels, I know he has the biggest excuse because you know Bluchi died, opposed to like you know Omar Epps filling in for Wesley Snipes because he was too big a star for Major League Two. Yeah, but I mean, it's just like, why why do it, man? Like, well, I mean, uh, was the Roseanne money just all all out of uh, the bank at that point? Where just I mean, you're not getting King Ralph residuals weren't coming through enough. I mean, what, what what would convince you to be like, you know what, I'm going to step in and I'm going to replace John Belushi in a sequel that no one wants to see, including probably Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry you went through that. On that note. How do you not like Blues Brothers? I'm just not a fan. It's not my thing. I mean, you don't like the music? I don't like the music or the... I don't think it's funny. Well, you're going to hate today's outros. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to warn you right now. You're not going to be happy it's for okay. three hours. Let's start with this. Uh, Scott Satterfield has his weekly press conference. And any thought, you and I, would talked about on, uh, I guess, last week, Monday after the Virginia game, is there a quarterback controversy? Quarterback controversy, 2K2, 2K22, Tuesday, 2K22, Doman versus Cunningham. Is it a quarterback controversy? Is it not? And you and I were like, I think there are probably going to be two ways this goes. When Cunning, when Malik, uh, when Scott Satterfield talks to the media on October 18th, the, the, the week of the pit game, either he's going to say, Hey, that's today. Yeah, it is. I, either he's going to come out and say definitively, Malik's back. He's our guy. Brock played well, but there's no controversy. Malik's healthy. Let's go. Or he's going to just kind of be like, Yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of bringing him along slowly. We're not. He's going to say nothing until Saturday morning when he announces that either Malik's ready to go or. Brock's back in. And today we got the former. We, we, we got Scott Satterfield coming out and saying, Malik, 100%, fully cleared, would not be playing if he wasn't. Practiced uh, in full pads, full go on Sunday. He'll practice again, full go today. And he's our guy. So, no shock. Put to bed. I do think, however, that what we've talked about and what most people have talked about since the Virginia game is still at play, where you're no longer in a, it's good Malik, bad Malik, whatever Malik, 
all we got is Malik. That's no longer the mentality at the quarterback position. At least it shouldn't be going into what is a, a huge game for the second half of the season and Satterfield's own job security against Pitt on Saturday. I think if Malik plays poorly in the first half and let's say the defense is keeping you in the game and you're down, I don't know, 13-3 to at halftime, you can roll with Brock Doman now. Whereas maybe three weeks ago, you felt like you just had to go with Malik until there was no other option because Doman wasn't going to be able to get it done for you. Him playing the way he did against Virginia at least gave you a little bit of an out. And maybe you want to, if you feel the need to go there sooner, if it's 13 to 3 in the second quarter and Malik has stalled on, on four out of five drives and hasn't put the ball in the end zone and he's turning it over or he's just not getting the job done, you can make that move. And I don't think the fan base is going to crucify you. I think the fan base, I think Doman will get loud, like loud applause when he enters the game on Saturday if that winds up being the situation. But you and I both agreed even though you have your certainly your reservations about Malik. I think everybody has their reservations about Malik at this point. You probably more than most. I don't hate Malik. You hate Malik. He's never coming on the show. Well, he wasn't coming on anyway, regardless. We both we are Hester. We we both agreed it still should be Malik at quarterback at this point. We haven't seen enough from Brock Doman, especially against quality competition, to just give him the ball in what is I mean, let's be real. Like this if Satterfield's job is going to get saved and and I feel like we're hitting the repeat button again. It probably has to include a win on Saturday. I don't see that. I don't see him getting to six or seven wins, or God forbid, you know, eight, if Louisville loses to Pitt on Saturday. I don't see him running the table afterwards. I don't see him winning four out of five. I don't see him winning three out of five if we can't be Pitt at home on homecoming weekend with such a huge recruiting weekend on tap. So to me, hearing that Malik's back 100%, hearing that he's he's the guy, is a positive. It's good news. I know some people were like, eh, eh. I think it's good news. Yeah, I agree. I think it's. I mean, let's. I mean, let, Brock played well against what we've already like established as the worst team in the ACC because we won the game. I mean, and well, I might be fast and loose with that term as well. I mean, it's he played well for two and a half quarters. He was yeah, and so it's. I mean, if he'd gone out there and gone like you know twenty nine of thirty and for three hundred yards and ran for forty and or fifty or sixty, I mean, then we maybe have a different discussion. It wasn't like he really blew the doors off anything. He just did give us at least an opening to being like, you know, maybe, you know, I don't have to stay with this girl because she's mean to me. I can, there's, I have other options. Yeah. Someone else will love me. Someone else will love me. We got to do the relationship thing once the show. That's what my mom tells me. Someone's <laughs> going to love you. I promise. Someone's out there. And it's me. <laughs> she hits me. Well, someone else is out there. <laughs> did you deserve it? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just but Malik healthy, yeah. There's no, I mean, I I can't understand how you wouldn't just want to put. Now my concern is, and I, I've given this concern with you or even Rashawn as well, but is that I don't know a nice way to say it that Malik is just not very good under pressure, and I don't know. You can be mad at me for saying that. I think facts kind of prove me right, but in for sure, I just worry that he's. The knowing that now someone is for the first time in seven years is over his shoulder with a possibility of taking his job, barring no in, without you know injury being a factor. I worry that's going to how much that's going to maybe affect him. So you think being having a capable backup might you know everybody says it's going to bring out the best out of somebody. You think it might bring out the worst out of him? I, 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 I worry it could be a possibility. Yes, I guess. Although you forget, like I think there were more clamorings back in 2019 for Evan Conley to be the starter than there have been for Brock Doman this year. and Possibly. Malik, I mean, I think he handled that well enough. That was his best, uh, it was the team's best season for sure. 
Um, and there were a lot of people who, especially after the Wake Forest game, were saying, like, just let Conley start. He was the guy. He won us this game. Uh, he's the better player. And, like, also back then, every time Malik screwed up a little bit, you had everybody saying, put in Conley, put in Conley, put in Conley. Mm-hmm. And then I think it wasn't until the end of the year where Conley started playing a little bit back to his his App State roots where people were like, okay, just just leave Malik in. I, I think that, I mean, you. I hope that's not the case. I can see where you're coming from because, as we've certainly mentioned after the the Florida State game, especially the BC game to a lesser extent, whenever you've had Malik Cunningham in a situation where you know, go win the game, it typically has not gone well. Yeah. Um, he, I think we looked it up. He led us on like one touchdown, a couple touchdown drives in 2019 to to take the lead late in the fourth quarter. Besides that, it's been he hasn't he hasn't made the big play. So I can see where they're coming from. I think this is a little bit different than that scenario, but. I mean, you may be honest. If he comes out there and just plays like absolute crap on Saturday, then yeah, like I, I, I mean, can, you may have something. I'm curious what Satterfield's leash length is. Like, I, I mean, I know where the fan base is. I mean, the majority. I mean, if you're obviously not wanting, if you want, if you want Brock as a starter, then your leash is, you know, back of quarterbacks, most popular guy in town. Yeah, shorter right. than a jockey. Yeah, but I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, I, I'm curious. Right, and I know Satterfield's not going to like come out and say it. He's not going to say, oh, you know what? And this is four straight plays. He's getting the hook. (laughs) If he doesn't have 75 (laughs) yards rushing midway through the second quarter, we're going with Brock. I mean, I I love to see Malik like missing open receiver come to the sideline. Like, coach, I'm sorry. And coach Saturday's like, Malik, it's okay, buddy. You just do it two more times and you're out of here. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. two more of those. What happened on the scoreboard? Malik strikes. He's calling for the right. He's like pointing the right arm, like going for the reliever pitcher. Now, that would be funny, actually. Give me the hook. <laughs> but he's not going to change hats. At least do that for us, Scott. Here's, I mean, if you're not going to win games for us, love of God, entertain us, man. Here's what – yeah, that's not going to happen either. Here's what, uh, what Satterfield had to say about Doman specifically. He said, I thought Brock last week minus the first quarter because obviously the first quarter was not very good. Yeah, really. But he played outstanding in the last three quarters and really ran our offense and did some, did some great things. And that allows us to know that we have another viable option at quarterback who's able to play. I think that obviously helps your offense to get some more experience there. But to have Malik back, he's played a ton of football for us and done a lot of great things. And hopefully he'll have a great week of practice and be ready to play and have a great game this weekend. Where's your leash length? Like, What, what is the extent for you to take Brock, to put Brock in this game? I, I give him the first half. I, I give him the first regardless half. Regardless about the, the play, play Pretty out. much regardless. Unless it's like... Unless it's something that Malik has never done before, which is like three first half picks and a fumble. And just, you know... Pitt has done better than, I know there have been some coaching changes in recent years, but even dating back to the Charlie Strong era, Pitt's defense has just given us fits. And against Satterfield, both times they've played, they've done a really good job at taking away you know, the, the the most effective element of our run game. And they certainly did that in 2020, the COVID year. They were like, we're going to focus on Malik. We're not going to let him beat us with his legs. We're going to see if, if he can beat us with his arm. I think they put 10 we men in the box every They were play. daring him to throw, and he could yeah. not hit the big pass. They're putting one-on-one against every one of your receivers. Yeah. One of those guys being Tutu Atwell, by the way. We just could not. And we yeah. had guys open. Like, like we we yeah. took the right gambles in that game, that if I'm remembering correctly. Game. We just missed a bunch of open uh, hits. Like, we just could not hit that big play, which had been, you know, we kind of we were founded on the big play the year before. So I, I would fully expect, even though the, the, the coordinators are, are different now, I'd fully expect them to come out with the same mentality. And so let's say that we've played a, a, a entire first half, and it's clear that they're just not going to let Malik get loose running the ball. And he doesn't have it throwing. When guys aren't getting open. When they are open, he's just missing them. I think then I would look seriously at putting Doman in the game. But I'm, I'm at least going – I think he's earned the right to at least have a full first half. I also think against a capable defense, Malik still gives you the best chance of winning. I, I do. 
Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm kind of with you. I, I would sort of, yeah, being down like 35 to nothing because of turnovers or or just something like that, I would pro- I'd probably say first half as well. Now, if, let's say that Malik... Because at halftime, then you can have the talk with Brock and be like, listen, this is, you know, we're going to come in, we're going to start with you second half. Sure. You know, Malik, don't take it personally, probably will, but, you know, just, we might, you may come back to you. I mean, what, what would you... Hold on, okay. having said all that, Let's say that we're down in this hypothetical. We're down thirteen to three at halftime. Malik just has not been getting anything going offensively. Even after giving that spiel about him, I think earning the right to be the guy and Brock having not proved it. If Brock does come in the second half, and let's say he leads us to I don't know, like not even like doesn't have to light it up, but leads us to three touchdowns in the second half, we win the game twenty four to twenty. Scoring three touchdowns a half for us is lighting it up. Kind of. Well, <laughs> in some games, all games. I would venture to say. I'd be fine with giving him the reins at that point. Like I, I don't think that's that much of an overcorrection when he's led you to your only two ACC wins and clearly played better than Malik. If you wanted to give him the ball against Wake Forest, I'd be fine with that at that point. But as of right now, with the evidence that we have in front of us, I think it's still Malik's team. I think he's, it's still his offense. I think he still gives you the best chance to beat teams like Pitt and the other ones that we have on the second half of the schedule. You'd be surprised if Satterfield doesn't put use both of them in the lineup during the first half at some point for a trick play. Uh, I'd be surprised if he does. I, I don't think we'll see Brock Domer in the first half on Saturday. But I, I've been wrong many times before. Could definitely be wrong again. Will we ever see Evan Conley again? Not this year. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think my understanding with Conley is he has gone. No, he he has like a hip condition that he had to have offseason surgery on, Ooh. and he's just yeah, it's it's like one Bo of those Jackson style. Kind of. Well, Bill Jackson had the disease that it wouldn't let it grow back, like heal properly. Yeah, he had retired. It's though. something that's not going to let him see the field this year, basically. So, sucks. Uh, but but hopefully, you know, he at one at some time can get back to being able to to play football. Is but. he hoping to maybe break Malik's record for longest tenure at a university? Um, <laughs> this is his fourth season. Yeah. He- so he's he, probably gonna be a redshirt this year. So he'll have and he technically could use the the COVID redshirt too. Yeah, so that'll. So be he s- could play for two more years if he, if he really wanted to. I don't know. <laughs> I think that Evan is more focused on. I think he wants to be a coach one day. I think that's kind of he's stuck with the team. He's been a consummate leader. Like he's still like he's he's involved in the offensive game planning. Is what I've been told. Um, or at least he like listens to me. I'm not saying he's calling plays. Let's not give him credit for beating Virginia, but I think that well, maybe he's... he was contributing like uh, the way Satterfield contributed to the defense. Hey, whatever he's been doing, whatever he, he won the Virginia game. Why not go with that narrative? Put it on the message boards, folks. Uh, I think that he is. I think he wants to be a coach at some point in the future, and that's kind of where his his mindset is right now, which is not unique to a a college player who's not playing a whole lot and who's a primarily a backup. But I don't think that he's going to be able to play this year. But hopefully, if, if he wants to play, he can come back for next season, and you know compete for the starting job with Brock and Pierce Clarkson and whoever else wants to come in here. Will Satterfield be calling defensive plays again this week? He's helping out. You're going to feel it. If Pitt starts dropping wide open open passes again, then you'll know that Satterfield was back involved because that's his thing. I just love to know what helping out describes. Slippery ball defense. Is he bringing like the coaches like paper and coffee or something? I mean, making them drop passes. So he is what he does. It's the fear of God, those opposing wide receivers. He runs out there and goes, boo! <laughs> uh, he also talked a little bit about uh, the injury s- situation. You had a lot of guys that were dinged up after the Virginia game or before the Virginia game who needed the extra week. Uh, Tyon Evans, Jalen Mitchell, Kendrick Duncan, Adonis Spoon, uh, the Amari Huggins-Bruce tweet is out there. He kind of danced around the Amari Huggins-Bruce thing, but his response led me to believe that we're not going to see 
Like, Amari Huggins isn't going to just tweet out, hey, I'm out for two games without, without like, having been told by somebody that he's going to be out for the two games. The tweet did say injury, right? It did not. He just That's not, the other thing I was starting to think of. I just realized, I was like, I wonder if it has anything to do. I'm not sure it's an injury thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe, I don't think you're going to see Amari Huggins Bruce on Saturday. But what, what did you do to get suspended for two games? I don't think it's, just, it's no, reason, no reason to get it. I, I don't think you're going to see him on Saturday. Yeah. Tyon Evans did practice on Sunday, according to Satterfield, but he was limited. Everybody else that, that I just mentioned, besides Huggins Bruce, apparently did practice and was fully available. Uh, Jalen Mitchell's back and ready to go after missing the last three games. Good, because I probably would, I probably would let Evans sit for this game. Yeah, I, it sounds I mean, like you got him might. in a boot, even for, I mean, even with a bye week. I mean, that's he there, did practice on Sunday though. Yeah, have to there's go. really no reason to, if, if he's less than like ninety percent. There's probably no reason to push him in there. Kendrick Duncan is good to go. Uh, Don Spoon good to go, which is good for the offensive line. He said that Satterfield did say that uh, Tyne Evans is probably still the biggest question mark, but everybody else should be available to go. Um, so that's even if you don't have Ty and Evans, that's good news because I, I was kind of worried we might have, especially with the Donald Spoon. You need that offensive line healthy. They played so well against Virginia, so it's nice to have him back. But uh, that was if you can have four healthy running backs, I guess five with Maurice Turner, that's ideal. But if you can just get three or four of those guys good to go, then you feel pretty confident about the running game on Saturday. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we can talk a little bit more about football. The running take... game isn't what makes me lose sleep at night, though, on a Friday leading sure. into a Saturday. But you need, you need capable <laughs> running backs. They, they played well again on Saturday. They helped, that helped Brock Doman out a lot. You could use them help out. Uh, I don't wake up with night terrors going, Brian Brown, because of the running backs. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get to this basketball practice scoop. We can talk about that. And we'll take some text at 502-414-1450. It's the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. It's continuing next here on 1450 The Big X. Hey, folks, here's a story about Minnie the Toughest frail, but Minnie had a heart as big as a whale. Honey, 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 honey. All right, welcome back. Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450. This will be my day. on the Big X. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mind me. Keep, what, do you, what do you have? What was that? You can be my Dan Aykroyd. Turn it down. Actually, no, you'd be more like you'd be Buster. <laughs> um, what is, apparently, the I've seen this, com- this complaint now a couple times this week. The TuneIn app throws the show into commercial mid-conversation. I, this has been a, it was a problem I know when I, I've been at different stations this before. A bad thing or good thing? It just cuts off early. Like it just yeah. I, I, there's, I don't think there's something that we can control. Uh, if it is, we'll try, but I, I don't think it is. Like, it's been an issue at other stations. Like in the okay, so it's like in the middle of like a not like going to in or out of a break. Like the stream it's, will be it's like five seconds or ten seconds just like off. So like it'll cut to break, like it'll cut to break when we cut to break naturally. But because the stream is like ten seconds behind, it'll cut us off like mid sentence and throw it right to break. 
Okay, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, Texas says real quick, podcast listeners, so this is from yesterday. Trevor, it's only 17 Sundays out of 52. That's like less than 5%. No, Trevor, it's almost 33%. That's not 30. Don't give me that Scott Steiner math. That's not 33%. 17 out of 52. Yeah. <laughs> no, what's, what is that? No, that's at least like, no, that's not 33%. It's close to 33%. It's not 5%. You ever heard, you ever heard the Scott Steiner math segment? No. What do you do? Oh, <laughs> he's trying to break 17 out of 52 is 32.7%. Okay. See, that's less. Rounding up, 33%. Well, uh, how about I round down, buddy? To five? <laughs> what are you looking up now? Uh, the, the Scott Steiner, like, uh, here you go. Here, here's Scott Steiner math. I hope there's not cursing in this. Scott Steiner, it's going to be a three-way for the TNA heavyweight title at Sacrifice between you, Kurt Angle, and Samoa Joe. Now, before you get there, you have an important step tonight as you and X Division champion Petey Williams take on the unlikely duo of Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. He's right. But then you take my 75% <laughs> If it's a three-way, you don't have a 33% chance. It works. No, it's good. I, I got it. I, I love it. It's just, I think of sometimes when, when you make fun of my math. Tetch brings up an important point. Uh, Mike, did Trevor send you $10 since Wagner got their ass whipped on Friday? Oh, I forgot. I, I don't you remember. don't need to. But Do you have a Venmo? Yes, but you don't need to. to I don't need. No, I don't. No, 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 no. The spread was forty. The only welching I like is grape soda. Okay, the, I pay my bets. The spread was forty, <laughs> and unfortunately, we did. I sent you a picture. We walked up there. We took the kids to look at the the festivities, and unfortunately, Wagner was defeated by a final score of I believe fifty four to nothing. I just I didn't realize Franklin County had a running back who's going to UK. I didn't either. I that didn't would have know. increased the spread to like forty eight. <laughs> really, only eight points. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also. I mean. Why is it so hard to find Wagner updates on Friday nights on Twitter? I only saw because Ken Spencer's tweet. He, they were at the and game. that was at halftime. No, no, I saw he, they tweeted out the video. Like he always tweets out like a little video. Oh yeah, but that was like, that was like three hours after the it game was ended. Yeah. It was like it was like twelve thirty a.m. Like I'm sitting there just searching through. Yeah, it was bad. Bad night for the Wildcats. But hey, what long season, they're good to go. Just, I mean, get the, just get in the playoffs, make some damage. Who they play, who got this week? I think it's another county team. I think it's Shelby County, maybe. Who cares? Uh, and and it is true. The Wagner Wildcats are boycotting the end zone until you put them in a Friday night poll. Well, the last week of the season, they're going to be big. They're going to be in. <laughs> I mean, they haven't scored for, what, a month and a half? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about this basketball practice today. I had, over the last couple of days, I've had two different people who have gone at two different times to watch this team practice. Today, okay. they've got open practice for some of the big wigs around here locally. Um, I know somebody who's there who's, who's kind of sitting in the porch. And the eerie thing is how similar – because these people don't know each other. I didn't give them any sort of – they're texting me updates. They didn't give me any sort of like, here's what I heard was happening, all this stuff. Independent of one another, I've heard the exact same thing basically from two different sessions of practice. So 
Do you want good news or bad news first? Uh, I want uh, bad news first. That's gonna be the longer spiel. Um, yeah, I want good news first. We'll do bad. News. I, mean, I don't. I don't. Hold on. Do what, I don't know what I want. I I, I, I want a cigarette. <laughs> the bad news is, according to both people that have watched practice, and this was the same thing that I heard after the the alumni practice they they, they had a few weeks ago. The guard situation is real. Like we we're gonna we need some guards. There's no way around it. Like L. Ellis looks the part. Everybody else is going to have to step up. Now, Mike James, I think, is still a little bit limited. I think that he's not practicing 100% right now. Maybe him, if he gets fully healthy, can be a game changer for this team. I've heard, I heard over the summer about how impressive Kamari Lands was. Both people who saw him play today said he, he looks solid with the way it was described, but it wasn't like fantastic, like all ACC caliber guy. And, and who knows? Maybe they just caught him on a bad day, but he. It didn't sound like it was like he. This could be a fantastic backcourt, one of the best backcourts in the ACC. I've heard Hersey Miller, kind of like Kenny Payne describes him, plays very hard, plays very tough defense, limited offensively. Yeah, that's never a good like description of somebody. Either. Not when you start with it, right? Yeah. That's like when you're describing like you're like goofy, like white dude that plays at the Y and pick up games. Like, yeah, you know, I hustle and I play good defense and I rebound. Like, oh, you have no skill. That pretty much, yeah. Now, the, the, the as far as the big men are concerned, both people who were there said Sidney Curry was looking like a little bit hobbled. I don't, I don't know what's, if there's something. He was practicing full full go, but he was not looking like he was 100%. Maybe he's just a little bit still trying to get into shape. He was rest off of him. Right. Could be. Uh, maybe, maybe that was happening, but both people were like, hey, it didn't, did not look like the Sidney Curry we saw towards the end of last season. Also, in both sessions, Roosevelt Wheeler was in the doghouse. Earlier, Reese Gaines was kind of all over him, and then apparently during the second practice, Kenny Payne was all over him, saying he wasn't working hard enough, saying he was out of shape, made him sit in a chair and watch the team run sprints. Like Roosevelt Wheeler there trying to wake him up, apparently. He's out of shape. Why are you making him sit during the sprints? Because feel bad about yourself. It seems counterproductive. But... All your teammates are running because of you, and now you're not doing it with them. It's a classic, it's a classic coach move. I, okay. They had to do this just back in the day. Like I, I think every coach has done this at a certain point. Make an example out of a guy. If you're going to slack it, we're going to make you suffer by watching everybody else suffer. That's the way it works. By the way, that, that plot has been used in many movies, and it's never worked out well. It's pretty effective. Like I, th- I think, I, I don't know why, my mind just my element goes to like uh, Full Metal Jacket. It should be effective. They're like, we're going to punish everyone if you you screw up Gomer. And he's like, yeah. So, I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. I've heard J.J. Trainer was looking okay. He was uh, kind of looking like the, the guy we've seen the last couple of years. Nothing too different there on that front. The, the good news. Both people independently said Brandon Huntley Hatfield, pro, looks like a pro. Really, did, Do- did dominating they- on both ends of the floor. Looks, and I heard this too from the the uh, the open practice, the, the the alumni practice. Everybody who went there, all three people I saw it too said he was the best player on the floor. Pretty much the entire practice heard the same thing today. Did they say just like uh, not to, to like be particular about the offense, but like was it more of a face up? I didn't get that. Okay, uh, I know that's been kind of a question about him. His size, you think you know, post guy, but obviously today's he can basketball shoot it. and we saw that you know at Tennessee he kind of wants to be more of a perimeter face up guy. He can definitely shoot. It. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I was curious. Okay, um, Devin Ree is as advertised. Knockdown outside shooter can't really create. His own shot, right? Now, on a lot which is fine. He, yeah. He's he's a thin kid. He he's a he's a freshman. You know what you're getting with Devin Ree, I think. I, I think he's going to be his own buster when you need him to be. He's probably going to struggle if you want to play man to man defense right now because he's not big enough and he's not quick enough. And develop, creating his own shot off the bounce, creating his own shot even you know from beyond the arc 
is probably going to take a, a little bit of work. He's probably not going to be a guy that you rely on 25 minutes a game as a freshman, but a guy who can come in and every now and then have a big-time game where he hits three, four, five threes. That changes the the offensive dynamic. Um, Fabio Basili this morning, I know, was not was sitting out. I think he's dealing with a, a little bit of a something. Uh, he was practicing apparently this afternoon in a limited capacity. Um, I think the word on the backup point guard battle, if you want to call it that, between him and Hersey Miller, Basili definitely ahead of Miller when it comes to offense. Miller ahead of Basili when it comes to defense. What do you do with that? Who knows? But you know, Kenny Payne has talked about how he likes the fact that Hersey Miller is coming in with the mentality of, I'm going to put Fabio Basili on the bench. I'm going to be the guy who gets minutes when LLS needs to take a break. Um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on as we get to the red-white scrimmage this Sunday and certainly the exhibition games that start next week. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the the common theme remains. like We just got to get more guys in the backcourt. We've we got to get more guards. We've got to make that happen. Both people who I've talked to, and the players certainly, and the players are, I don't want to say they're biased, but you're always going to be biased. But everybody that I've talked to that's watched a practice so far this fall or going back to the summer has said, Kenny Payne, super impressive during practice, which makes me feel confident. Like, everybody is saying, I'm not sure they're going to be a tournament team this year. I hope the fan base is patient with him because it seems like he's got the juice. It seems like the players really respond to him. It seems like he knows what he's doing. He's totally in control. There's not any sort of like, he's never done this before with being the guy. You never get that sense when you're watching one of his practices. We need to give the man time. Eventually he'll get this right. But this first year could be, it, it could be what everybody knows it could be, which is, a slight step up from last year, but not an NCAA tournament team. Just looking at the roster, it, it is what it is. And I hope I hope that people understand it. it's why I it's why I cringed every time in April and May when people were like, with Kenny Payne here, we're not missing a step. We're automatically back. We're gonna be blue chip talent in year one. We're gonna be in the NCAA tournament. I'll be disappointed if we don't go to the Sweet 16. It was unfair to him and it was unfair to everybody who was trying to to manage their expectations. Was there a brief moment where I was like, yeah, if we get Tyrese Hunter, if we get Amani Bates, if we get all these big time transfers, we could be a legit top 25 team, sure. But we didn't. And we now have the roster that looks kind of like we thought it was going to back when last season ended. And I hope that people aren't disappointed if this team you know, it's somewhere around 500 if they're if we're playing on ACC tournament Tuesday again and we're not in the NCAA tournament again. I, I know that's Louisville basketball. I know that those should never be the expectations, but this is – it's a unique start for a new head coach. If we're still talking about that in year two, then I think you can get very critical, and I think it will be warranted. But as of right now, you know, temper expectations – Hope for the best. Hope for a Rick Pitino first season type overachievement where they're they're flirting with the tournament. They make the NIT. They the style and the tempo and everything. The just the, the culture change reinvigorates the fan base. That's what I'm kind of hoping for from this year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I've I've said like my 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 end goal is to, to go into Selection Sunday with the idea of possibly hearing Louisville's name. I'm not gonna not not say that I have to hear Louisville's name, but I wanted a possibility. I mean, obviously, the worst case scenario would have a season that would end with the record similar to last year's. Yeah, with even without the drama. I mean, take away the drama, but still have a thirteen win season. It's not going to be. I want to be better than last year. There's no reason why this team shouldn't be better than last year. Should be. I, I don't care if you, the talent level and the guards are lacking. Yada yada yada. You know, whatever. I mean, this this there's no the Louisville. There's no excuse in any any world where Louisville should be a thirteen win team. I mean, I mean, it's better than winning nine games in a season. But I mean, you know, hey. 
Uh, <laughs> so, so that's that. That that's that's what I'm. And, and you know what? I know it sounds weird, but like with not getting some of the, the big name guys that we didn't get, we did. You know, obviously we get Hatfield and some some players in, but you know, it gives me a chance to actually see like see kind of like what, let's see what Kenny Payne's made of as a coach, without just like automatically having a bunch of talent on the roster. Sure. And now, don't get me wrong. I'm like I want the talent too. But you know, maybe be nice. Just let's see. Let's see what he can do with his foot to the fire. Uh, Texas, I'm hearing that Jalen Withers is hurt. Any idea if that's true? Yes, that he was not practicing today. Um, uh, we've got like, we we got managers practicing. I think there were there was uh, people are making fun of me for my last quote about I want as a little fan one your name on Selection Sunday. Yeah, it's it, it's a long way to drop. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, it's been it's 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 fine. We're climbing up that hill. Yeah, Withers and Mike James, I think both dealing with. I mean, Mike James, I think it's more about coming back and him not being back to 100% just yet. Withers, I can't tell you what it was, but I know he was silent. I don't think it's anything serious. I Hopefully, we'll see him on Sunday at the red-white scrimmage. Um, but if not then, then by the time we play our first exhibition game. But he was not practicing today. No disrespect to Wheeler, but it's nice It's nice to not see uh, J.J. in the doghouse for the first time. Yeah, I he think spent, was, He spent literally all last year in it, I think. There was apparently a little bit of that, too. <laughs> oh, he was still in the doghouse again? A little bit. A, a, a little bit. I mean, is he ever going to move? I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of on him at some point. Now? I mean, it's sort of on him. Like, he's <laughs> he's the one who can change that. I think that that's... Uh, I mean, I, I figured him staying would have helped, like, you know, move him out of there a little bit. Well, we'll see. I mean, otherwise, he could have just left and transferred. I mean, which I didn't want. I'd rather him be here, but... Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, apparently the tune in app kept going, kept going down. Apparently the tune in app caught every piece of the, uh, the bad news spiel and then <laughs> went away right when we got to the good news talking about Brandon Hutley Hatfield, which <laughs> is perfect. Part for the course of the yeah. show. Yeah. The, the, the good news, if you missed it, uh, everyone I've talked to that's seen this team practice so far, I said, Brandon Huntley Hatfield pro, he, he looks like the most talented guy on the floor. So leading score. I mean, at this point. If we are going to go with a system where, and Kenny Payne said that this is his intention, L. Ellis is a pass first, shoot second guard. I see Brandon Huntley Hatfield probably is, is the guy who benefits. I think the best thing with this team, because Louisville is going to be, I don't know if they can Palm put the metric out there yet. Um, if they're not the tallest team in college basketball, they're going to be top five. We need to draw a ton of fouls. That needs to be our MO. That'd be nice. Paint touches, get teams in foul trouble, keep our one guard out of foul trouble. God, I mean, if well, we, that's good. I mean, he, that was a problem last year. It was, and he's got to stop that. He, and and he did. Do he, not reach if you get beat off the bounce. And nothing annoys me more when a guard did the team penetrate that doesn't go to the foul line. Yeah, Elsa's Elsa's free throw attempts were way lower. They than were low. You want from a that's something you can you would never complain about. Russ, Russ went to the line thirty times a game. It felt like he did. Russ also played on deeper teams. Though. Like I'm fine with L not seeking out contact. Not 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 if it's he's like shying away from the basket and shooting it into guys or turning the ball over. But we can't afford him to take like two or three bad charges a game. Like we need him to make really wise decisions off the. He's got to be smarter on both ends of the floor than he was no. last year. He's playing a different role. If last year when he got beat, he did the classic thing when a guy is either an up transfer or a JUCO transfer or who's making the transition from high school basketball to college as a freshman, when he got beat off the bounce, he just grabbed. Like, like He's like, you're not getting around me. Boom, grab it. You, you can't do that. At some point, you have to say, if the guy gets two points, he gets two points. It's not giving up this two points is not worth me getting into foul trouble and taking myself out of the game for six minutes when I'm exactly. this valuable to that team. It's a sprint, that's, not a marathon. Exactly. Vice versa. That's the mentality that I think he needs to adopt. So, um, But Huntley Hatfield, very – I mean, I – 
everybody's talking about him. I still haven't seen him with my own eyes outside of the clips of him playing at Tennessee last year, which were pretty limited. Mm. I want to see his new game. I want to see his face-up game. I want to see how they're utilizing him. I want. I mean, because both reports today are like he's just dominating practice. Like nobody can stop him down low, and we have a ton of front court players. If he's that good, especially in a year where you're going to go up against a lot of good, versatile big men. I mean, you, you think Armando Baycott, you think Oscar Shibwe. If you can find a way to like get them away from the basket, get them in foul trouble because you have a versatile four slash five that can do a lot of things off the bounce or you know with his back to the basket, that changes I think your offensive philosophy. So if he's that good, I think you build the entire offense around him. But again, we're we're I'm basing this off of like five, you know, secondhand reports coming out of practice. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean now, now the question is, is that now that Hatfield's going to be a lottery pick next year? <laughs> yeah. where, where Put on the message board. Where, 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 where do we go from here? I mean, he's the one and done now with us. He he, only, he's, go, he's going top five in the draft. So, I mean, how are we going to replace that now going into Kenny Payne's second year? <laughs> Who comes in to, to fill Brandon Huntley Hatfield's shoes? Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk about No, no. Um, yeah, there's, there's playing time available. Will it be Caleb Glenn? I, I think that you expect the front court to to still be well-rounded. If Jalen Withers gets back to being, uh, and there's nothing that I've heard that would say that he's like out for any long period of time. I think he'll be fully healthy by the time the season's ready to go. Certainly, I hope so. And you've got Sidney Curry hopefully fully into shape, playing the way that he was playing towards the end of last season, especially on offense. And then... You know, whoever steps up between J.J. Trainer, Roosevelt Wheeler, if they can you know, get out of the doghouse a little bit. And <laughs> it's a big doghouse, by the way. You can you can do a lot of things with that type of lineup. And then if Mike James gets fully healthy and he's a guy who can play the 2-3-4, that will take a lot of the pressure off of what should be a limited backcourt, according to everybody's reports. But you're going to have to play a different style than probably Kenny Payne wants to play moving forward. And that's fine. If it's a one-year deal where we're just, you know, to use a football cliche, ground and pound, like half-court sets, Pounding it into the paint, getting our you know versatile big men a little room to work. Like okay, like, it's not going to be the sexiest style of play for the fan base that wants that change of pace from the god awful you know Ross McMains whatever that was last year and the the Chris Mack offense before that. But for just a one year, you play to your strengths. And if we get AJ Johnson and we get these other kids, we get some good transfers for next year. We can get up and down a little bit more. I'm fine with Kenny Payne saying this isn't how we want to play, but we got to work with what we got for year one. Do you like that? That Kenny Payne is where some coaches will just be like, listen, this is my style. This is why I want to do it. I'm not sure he's going to. I mean, to, to, to be clear, true. But I mean, if say, he does, I would like it. Let's say for hypothetical that is the scenario. Yeah, that, that he's even in year one, he's saying, listen, I know, this is not how I want to play, but I want to win. I do play, we're going to play. I'm going to coach the best way. The best style that fits this team where a lot of coaches don't do that. A lot of coaches don't. More, I think, in recent years have started doing that, the, the, sort of the chameleon philosophy. Um, Bob Huggins certainly is the one that I always talk about because he did the press Virginia when he had. Which is nothing you would expect to see. Right, and, and he's yeah. abandoned it because they don't have those guys anymore. Like, like yeah. he, he plays to his team's strengths. Um, Mike Krzyzewski was a kind of John Calipari-esque, I'm never going to play zone, I don't care who I have, I don't, I don't care what happens. When they started going to more of the one and done type players who struggle with understanding you know, how to defend a high pick and roll in man to man defenses, they played zone more in recent years. They went zone against us in 2015 mean, for like the first time. Meanwhile, Cal won't go zone, which is probably why I didn't win a title for over a And it's a, I think it's a valid complaint <laughs> from the UK fan base. You know who did go zone? Kenny Payne, when he took over after Cal Perry got kicked out of that game against uh, whoever it was. Uh, Mississippi State, uh, probably. I think it was Mississippi State. He's thrown out, I think, every other Mississippi State game. Kenny so. Payne went zone and. 
Carolina came back and won. Like, it's either them or South Carolina, I can guarantee you. You've got <laughs> like at some point you've got to put your pride aside and say, especially in this day and age where it's hard to build teams that have culture that carry over from one year to the next. Every team now has transfers. Every team now has multiple freshmen. Every team now has guys coming from JUCO. You're lucky if you have four or five rotation players that come back from one year to the next. When that's the case, you're going to have different styles. You're going to have different systems that, that, that work best for that team. It may not be, and this is, I think, a valid complaint of John Calipari as well, the dribble drive offense may not work as well in 2022 with the way the game's being played that's as it did mouth. when you had John Wall in 2010. You know, Playing straight man-to-man with a bunch of freshmen may not be the ideal setup, uh, especially when you've got some guys that are big but limited athletically. Like, you just... You can't be. Oh, I mean, in fairness, every offense is good when it's being run by an eighteen-year-old John Wall. Yeah, it's what I'm mean, saying. He can, he can run. He can run the four quarters. And he's going to look good with John when you, Wall but running. Even it. The, I mean, John Wall or <laughs> even like the you know Tyler Ulis, Brandon Knight. Like they didn't have those guys last year. You you had to have guys that could make the right pass or hit that little floater in the lane if that offense is going to work. They didn't have them last year, and I think it killed them when they were bad at, at times. And and don't get me wrong, they still ended up being a two seed. Who's to say if they hadn't beaten St. Peter's, they would have made a run to the tournament. But that Kentucky team was not though. feared the way that like the, those first six, seven years they were under Calipari. And I think that the system is just it, – it's the game's different now than it was 10 years. The game's always changing. You have to change with it or you're going to get left behind. And Very I think poetic. it's a it's a good thing when coaches are unwilling to pigeonhole themselves into just a set system. Like, if you come here, you're going to play this way. If you get to a certain point, then yeah, you can recruit guys that fit your system and you cannot change, but that's becoming more and more unrealistic as time goes on. Yeah, you spend 40 years at Syracuse and you know you're going to get zone guys. You, you know what you're getting when you go to play for Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you go to Syracuse go, what do you mean I got to play zone? <laughs> yeah. What? This does Where's not this fit my skill set. <laughs> but even Bayheim has not been, he's been kind of recruiting guys that don't, their zone has gotten worse and worse and worse because he he's having to sacrifice defense for offense. He's got a lot of those little like, because uh, he's got his kids on the team. <laughs> well, his kids, his kids fit that that defense better because they're at least big and long. But he's yeah. recruiting like the Joe Girards of the world because they can score a lot and he needs some offense. And they're like six one, limited athletically. Like guards are not the best to be at the top of that. Two, no, three, no, zone. you want six. You want big guards. Actually, we'd be a good zone team. I think I would not hate it if you wanted to play some zone. I know that that may not be in his cards long term. But again, if you want to do it just for this year to give us the best chance of winning, I'd be all for it. Maybe a boxing one. No, the boxing one. Triangle two. No, not not triangle two. I wish more coaches did run to give eight defenses. Little one three one. <laughs> little two three one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. I don't know where we put L in this. Like L, this is not the time we don't need you to just don't foul. Yeah, just don't foul. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll take some text in the second hour. Before we do, reminding you about our friends over at AirServe. If you have a heating, God, it's cold outside. If you have a heating problem today, tomorrow sweatshirt. I promise you, today was Ooh, the last day. What were you doing? Else. Well, it's going to get warmer now after after the. That's, the, what, the I'm, two that's days. what I'm expecting. Me to walk out the sweatshirt today. It's like 80 degrees out. Well, you, you, there's an easy solution there. Just check the weather before you walk outside. Isn't that what walking outside does? Well, then you can go back in and get a sweatshirt. Today is too cold to be wearing a t-shirt. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm Harold and Kumar when they go for White Castle. When they get down the hall, they're like, we forgot our cell phone. They turn around and look into the hallway and they're like, eh, we'll forget about it. <laughs> it's going to be a chilly couple of nights before it gets warm again this weekend. Should be good weather, though, for Friday night's Louisville Live and certainly Saturday night's uh, football game against Pitt. But if your air or heating does go out at some point in these next two cold nights, only one place to call it's our friends at AirServe. They have technicians available 24-7. So if your heating goes out like 3 a.m., 5 a.m., you just cannot make it through the rest of the night without having that fixed, call AirServe at 502-264-9662. They'll have somebody come out to your home, immediately fix the problem, 
Make sure that you're sleeping comfortably in your own home. They're also going to check your air quality and energy efficiency and make sure that that's operating at maximum capacity. 502-264-9662 or visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville. We'll take a break. We'll get some text on both the uh, Cunningham discussion and the basketball practice discussion. That's coming your way next here in the second hour of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Welcome in. Uh, second hour here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I got a question for you to start the second hour. Okay. I don't know if you saw this uh, via Kelly Dickey on Twitter. No, I did not see this. I haven't seen Kelly Dickey. I know you woke up just again like at 2.30 today. I like to come in fresh. Almost overslept again. <laughs> so yesterday the men's basketball AP Top 25 poll comes out. Louisville gets no votes. Would you care to venture a guess as to when the last time Louisville received no votes in a preseason AP poll was. It was not last year. 2001. No. More recent. We actually did get votes that year. Patino's first year. Did we really? Okay. Um, what was the what was the pageant year? 18? We had votes then. Because you got to remember, that, that was like fresh off of a lot of times the AP We'll cast their votes early. Yeah, so I think, yeah, think they voted votes. before Tino was even dismissed. I think yeah. we were in the preseason top 25 that year. Yeah, you might We dropped right, a little yeah. bit. We, we were supposed to be top 10. I think we ended up being like number 16 or something. I forget Patrick. He, he, did, he, get the job. he did get the job, like I think, right before the exhibition game of that season. It was I mean, so unfair. Like, oh, guys, by the way, we got a new had, coach. And he had no staff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, Logan Ballman's promoted. Who else needs a job? And I mean, then poor Trent Johnson and uh, – Greg Paulus were like, me, me. That's the only way Trent Johnson could probably get a job. <laughs> he's coaching him. He's, he's back. Yeah, good good for him. Bad for whoever's got him. Um, uh, give me one more guess. Um, 1996. Well, I said more recent than 2001. So, 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 <laughs> so <clears throat> 88? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it. Think bridge year. Oh, uh, uh, 11. 2010-11 is the yeah. last time that Louisville received no votes in a preseason I mean, a- sure AP Top 25 bowl. I mean, it was a bridge year, but, I mean, we weren't that bad. I mean, I didn't think the team was. But on paper, you got to remember, we were coming off of a, we were a nine seed the year before, had lost in the first round. Yeah, it looked really flat, except for everyone loved Rakeem Buckles after that game. They did. We, we lost pretty much every big-time score from that team. Sosa was gone. Jerry Smith was gone. We brought back 
so little. Um, and then Preston Knowles makes that gigantic leap in that season. And that wound up being one of the most fun seasons. What are you, what are you upset about? What's happening? I hear that. I hear the phone. Yeah. I'm, can I go answer it? Go answer the phone. Go answer the phone. Uh, answer, the, answer the phone. But 2010-11, we end up having, you know, Preston Knowles becomes an all-Big East type player. Kyle Couric makes the transition from the hero of the Syracuse game to, you know, reliable contributor, uh, reliable starter. And young Peyton Siva steps in the starting point guard job. And that wound up being one of the, it's one of my favorite teams of all time because expectations were so low. They wound up finishing third in the Big East. They lost the Big East championship game to UConn in overtime. They were a four seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, of course, didn't end great. But everything besides that last game, which still feels like the most unfitting ending to a Louisville basketball team of all time with Knowles getting hurt and Louisville losing on a last second shot to Morehead State, everything besides that was wonderful. And part of the reason why it was so enjoyable was because expectations were set so low. So I'm not saying this team needs to, like, you know, be a four seed in the NCAA tournament or almost win an ACC tournament title to capture the hearts of the Louisville fan base. But I'd like to see some similar bridge year magic with this group that goes from zero expectations to doing things that nobody thought nationally or locally they were going to do during the winter. That's how I'm choosing to, to use that material. We're going to be a four seed? Stop. Is that what I just heard? No, stop. But uh, they, they won't, I answered. I told them to stop calling. And they keep calling. Was there a person on the other line? Yes. Was it an actual human being? It wasn't just an automated message? Yes. And I said, please stop calling. And just hung up. <laughs> and now it's still ringing. This is why you've talked about Brian Brown one too many times. He got the number. This is how he's spending his time after practice. I mean, I don't know if they're giving something away in the other studio. Is there like a mini marathon going on today here? I don't know. Well, we know that calls that are supposed to come to one place in this building don't typically come to the place that they're supposed to. So it's probably somebody calling the other show or us. I mean, these these listeners of the other stations, man, they are some persistent SOBs. It, it, it has been pretty constant. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. So that's the... Uh, let it go, Frozen. Let it go. On the women's side, we did get the new AP Top 25 poll uh, today. Louisville, number seven. I think number seven, it, it's I, I've typically seen them somewhere around like eight, nine, 10, 11 in most of the early top 25 polls that have been you know on ESPN, CBS, what have you. So number seven feels kind of fair. Catch this though for a fact. This is unreal to me. Remarkably, eighth straight year, Louisville started the season in the top 10. That's unreal. Same. Eight straight years, top 10 team. Are we quietly becoming like the, the JV version of Connecticut? Because I, I, I know that sounds mean, but it's, that's where we're at until we get to actually. We get need the title. a win title for sure. Yeah, once we get the titles, then we can start, you know, dropping that that kind of insult to the, the name. But I mean, it's still that's a that's a step forward. Yeah, we're one of those programs that seems to be in the mix every single year. Yeah, you just have to get over that hump. Uh, in case you're wondering, the top full top ten: South Carolina's number one, Stanford's yeah. number two. Yeah. <clears throat> Texas, I don't like either one of them. Texas is number three. Yeah. Iowa four, Tennessee yeah. five, UConn is six, Louisville seven, Iowa State eight. And then two ACC teams behind us, Notre Dame and NC State, round out the top ten. When did the state of Iowa become the mecca of women's basketball? They they <laughs> love it. They played in the tournament last year when Iowa was so good, and, and Iowa State beat them. And it was like the biggest deal. Like That place was nuts. That game was wild. I think, I think women's basketball, I think Iowa, I think wrestling, corn, and women's basketball. You should. They're really good. Um, <laughs> it, it is weird to see. Louisville was the highest-ranked team in the ACC but it's there are four teams like almost immediately behind them. I mentioned Notre Dame's nine, NC yeah. State's ten, Carolina's twelve, Virginia Tech's thirteen. So you've got still five of the top fifteen teams are in the ACC, just not quite as top heavy as it has been in recent years. No teams in the top five. Clear your throat. There you go. Thank you so much. You were holding on, I Mazley. Mean, I, I was trying. 
You, you poor Gasly. He's getting harder and harder. He's trying to get through this last sentence. I can see it. I did pretty well. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. I did pretty well. Um, <laughs> I also saw, we mentioned, well, I'll get to the tech line in just a second. We talked about Kenny Payne, the practice reports. There was a lengthy story about Kenny Payne today that came out in The Athletic. It was, I didn't get a chance to read the entire thing. because I, I meant to told you, I was the doctor earlier today. Oh, yeah. So you skimmed it? I didn't get. I just. I haven't. You gave it a podcast. I did not 1. skim 5. it. I read. The, I read the first half of it. I have the second half to read. I read everything that I read. I read in full. But the quote that stood out to me was, they were. T- he was taking it a practice, and he's talking to JJ Trainer, who again is barely back in the doghouse. Barely back in the doghouse a little bit. But the quote was, "You're going to prove a lot of people wrong." Payne tells Trainer, "Or I'm going to ride your ass like never before." Do the kids still say pause? Pause. That, that's the thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Pause like what? I'm not gonna explain it to you. This is like when Zach- you said something that had some sort of like on double entendre. You'd say pause. I've never in my life heard that. I'm not surprised. Like mm-hmm. I, I, my mind went automatically to Zach Morris is calling timeout. No, <laughs> you'd be like, or I'm Who's gonna, kid I'm gonna ride your that. ass like never before. Pause. Is that like a cleaner version of the... Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I know where you're going. Don't say it. But yes, that, that's the answer. That's the evolved version of the no. Well, the other one I always thought was stupid, so I'm going to go They're both stupid. stupid. Yeah, I'm going to go stupid on this one, too. But it did catch my attention. Can you just say giggity? I'm going to ride your ass like never before. It's like, okay, well, thank you for that. I mean, he needs it. Let's go to the uh, <laughs> let's go to the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Uh, Texture says UConn being six without Page and Iowa's overrated. Yeah, Page buckets out for the year. It definitely changes UConn's fortunes. I mean, it, which sucks for her. Like, you you want them to be at full strength. She's she was probably the best freshman season in the history of women's basketball, and now she's she was banged up last year though, wasn't she? she yeah, she only played like ended up playing like eight games last year. Yeah, and now she's gonna miss this entire season. Which sucks. I didn't even see where she was at. I didn't know she got injured. Yeah, they announced it a couple months ago that she's out for the entire year. That sucks. Texture says the smashing success of Mike's debut book demands an encore. Coming in the summer of 2023, total TK kicking ass behind the glass for the Big X and life in general. The journey with Mike through Trevor's 713 different jobs and take a deep dive into the lost years. I would totally read it. I'd love to write that book. A book on Trevor Kelsey. That's a great title, by the way. <laughs> it's just a very long title, but yeah. Total TK kicking ass behind the glass. I do like that X. part, yeah. I, I think 101 I, jobs TK had. <laughs> I think I said this on the podcast. Um, I, I signed on to do a second book. With the the history press, they wanted like a, a history of Louisville basketball, and I signed on, and I realized it was like right when the pandemic started, and I was watching Virginia more because I lost the radio job, and I was like, "There's no, I, no way I can do this." But also, I had no idea. I was like, "How am I going to end this book right now?" Like, like, like you know, we're in such a state of flux, and we still are now. Three years really, later, yeah. after I'd signed that contract, I, I kind of told them, "I'm like, you know." I don't know how to end the history of Louisville basketball unless we just end it after like the 2013 national title because we got to get into the Patino stuff, uh, how he left, how that's all going to play out. Chris Mack was in the middle of what we were hoping was going to be a successful, you know, know, next stint as a big time Louisville basketball coach, but like was not, it was still very much up in the air. I'm like, how do I'm like, I've got no idea how to land this plane. No, I know exactly how you end the book. You ready? Choose your own adventure. (laughs) That's always fun, by the way. Uh, I'm (laughs) To hire Kenny Payne, turn to page 712. <laughs> I missed those. Let's do those on DVDs. To hire after. Chris Mack. <laughs> to make Ross McMain's permanent head coach. <laughs> to ship him back to New Zealand. <laughs> uh, no, the last page. To fire Luke Murray. <laughs> last, don't don't want to go to 542. The very last page. Now I want to write this. <laughs> the very last page should be like, 
the phone ring. Kenny looked down, and on the caller ID, it said IRP. He picked up the phone and said, this is Kenny Payne. And then he goes, dot, dot, dot. That's the other book. Dot, dot, dot. That's the other book. That's the, it's the cliffhanger. To be continued. It leaves you wanting more. You got to come back to find out what happened to the, with the phone call. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could have written that. Well, you wouldn't have put Kenny Payne's name there, but you could have written that with Phil and the blank coach in, like in 2000 and still stand true. Chris Mack answers the phone. It's the IARP, which now would look horrible in high. Imagine I published that book. Like I wrote it in 2020. It got published late 2021. It's on the shelves right now. It looked terrible. Well, okay. It'd be more dated. The than last my- time you wrote a book, can you, what's his name got fired. Rick Pitino wrote the foreword, was on the cover of the book. It got released the day after he got fired. I mean, it would only been fitting if that was the one. That's why I didn't write the book. I'm scared of the timing. I'm hor- whatever I write is going to wind up being like totally just – Ancient history, five days after the published date. <laughs> uh, Texture says, I swear Trevor's, Trevor's memory is like a goldfish swimming around in a bong water sometimes. <laughs> Why what did I get wrong? Do you not remember when you just guessed 2001 and I said more recent, and then two minutes later you guessed 1996? <laughs> 96, but that's nowhere nor there. <laughs> uh, Texture says, you guys are right about the coaches becoming chameleons, but we play at least five teams every year where you know what you're getting. Virginia. Syracuse, Leonard Hamilton, having five dudes that are at least six nine on the floor at all times. Cal's dribble drive, and now with Forbes at Wake Forest, you're going to have to defend three pointers, thirty three pointers a game. Yeah, I mean, Forbes, I think is still that was his first year in a power conference. I don't know if he's going to to make everybody fit his system. He played at ETSU. They did evolve a little bit. He had a bunch of power tra- conference transfers one year, and that changed his style of offense. But um, I think every coach has like what they want to do. But you have to be willing to be at least a little bit flexible in this day and age, or you're going to have some down seasons, uh, even if you're established. But I understand the point. Like Virginia is never going to change. Tony Bennett's not going to change what he does. Bayheim is not going to change what he does. Those guys have also established and recruit the players they want. Exactly. Their system at this point. Like they're not like Kenny Payne doesn't have that luxury. Like he didn't get to fully recruit this team. Could he have changed it a little bit by you know getting more guys in the transfer portal? Of course, but that didn't happen. Instead, he's got six players that he inherits from the past regime. He's got a couple of freshmen, one that he kept from a previous commitment and another that became available because you know, LSU's coach got fired at the 11th hour. And then some transfers that are could be nice pieces. Certainly, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield is going to be you know, first-team All-American. We'll also, talk about it. There's also the, you know, the thing that we don't even know what his style is. We don't. We still I mean, don't. We, we, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking as if he can be a chameleon and change his style. What the hell? We don't even know what it is going to I mean, how we always change the style. We, maybe the, what he runs is his style. Well, I'm basing this off of him saying multiple times this offseason how he, he wants, wants to play to be fast. up and down, yeah. And I'm saying if you're playing, if you have the tallest team in America, maybe playing fast is not ideal. Maybe we play fast next year. Oh, that depends. See how that goes. That doesn't necessarily stand true. I mean, you could have a bunch of 6'9 wing players and still play fast, kind of. I mean, we don't, though. Oh, I know. We don't. I'm just saying you could. Yeah. <laughs> not us. We don't have it. I don't want to see Eddie Curry on the perimeter unless he's shooting threes from the corner. When you have potentially only one really capable guard, uh, Eddie Curry and a bunch of <laughs> when you only have one potentially really capable guard and a bunch of big guys, getting up and down may not be in your best interest. Like you, you want to slow it down. You don't want us to get tired. You don't want him to make mistakes in transition. You want to get in half court sets where you let all your your bigs get touches. Hopefully, get the other team in foul trouble. And so maybe just for this year. 
the, our style of play doesn't look like what's going to be moving forward. Or maybe Kenny Payne. I mean, he's, he's said multiple times now, too, that he doesn't care as much about wins and losses this year as he cares about, like, basically laying the foundation for the program moving forward. Ooh, maybe he says, here. maybe he says, like, I don't care about having success. I don't care about putting this specific team in the best position to win. I'm thinking about long-term. And long-term, we need to put those building blocks in place. We need to, to build that foundation. They're going to play my style, and it may not be yeah, it may not be the difference between us winning 18 games or winning 12 games, but it'll help us more in year two, year three, and beyond. I don't, I, I've got no idea. I mean, I like the statement, but it also scares me because if coach makes that, that when coach makes that statement, that may, that tells me that he's not a fan of the town he has on his roster right now. Well, I think that that's. <laughs> I think Kenny Payne would would admit, at least privately, that he hopes well, that the talent on the roster. Publicly, yeah. I think we all like, like we can say that this team may you know it's better than the the public thinks it's going to be. We can all admit that we want the talent on this roster to be, be, be to be better moving forward. If this is the level that it's going to be for the entire Kenny Payne tenure, then we're in trouble. I I don't think that that's like being mean or anything. Like no. it's not where it should be. It's not where it should be for anybody, let alone a guy who's a recruiting guru. We don't have. I mean, there's it, unless Huntley Hatfield is the real deal. Like there's not a pro on this team, and you like Louisville basketball should have at least one pro pretty much every year. At least NBA player. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, we could be a pro something. Like, you, you know what I'm saying. They could go pro in something else. I mean, everybody who plays college basketball at a high level can go pro if they want to. They we should have at least one NBA player. At, at all times. The commercials told me you can go pro on something else. <laughs> uh, Texter says, Mike's next book, Arby's and Me, A Man and His Sandwich, A TK Tale. <laughs> I really didn't have time to get to my Arby's before the show today. This is two days in a row where you haven't I'm eaten before the after. show. This is why you got to wake up at like, I don't know, one forty-five p.m. It's easy, it's easy, to say, easy to say, you know. Texas, we need a new opening. New Texas, can we get another opening? I need a new Texer. The opening's fine. <laughs> Texture says, so does KP privately invite people to practice? I'm just curious how some folks are getting in. Well, it's not me. I know that. But I think that that's what's happening. I, I myself dressed up like a janitor. Have you been asked? And, and, and snuck in like looking like a janitor. I was, uh, you know, mopping the corner and stuff. Hanging out. That's how, that's how I saw what happened. I don't know. how. I know certain people have been invited. I don't know if it's like a donor thing or if it's just. Season ticket holders get a chance, but I know people that have gone. Yeah, Kenny called me and asked me if I wanted to come by. You just said, no, I've got a show. I was like, yeah, i got a lot going on right now, man. If it's before 2.30, yes. I'm going to be sleeping. He's like, you want to come tonight? And I was like, yeah, wrestling on and <laughs> watching fantasy football last night. Was like, eh, you know. Texas says, I'm cautiously optimistic about KP as a coach, but I can't understand why he wouldn't get a decent smaller guard for defensive purposes. Not a star, just a role player. We're going to have all sorts of trouble guarding smaller, super quick guards. And not only defensively, ball handling under pressure is going to be hurt as well. Ellis will get in foul trouble. Coaches will focus on him. I, mean, I think it's a valid concern. There's, I mean, no, yeah, there's but, no way around it. I mean, Texture, I think he tried. He just didn't get it. I mean, he, I think he went after guys that you asked, you're, asking, you're, you're describing, but he just unfortunately fell short in those. I, I think the other thing, too, is I think they passed on some guys early in the transfer process because they thought they were going to get some better players down the line. Well, we, and know, in we know maybe two, and two of those guys have been. Not, not guys that we're talking about. Not, not uh, guys that are, are – are, they said thanks but no thanks to, to guys that I think they would have taken if they'd known that other players were going to say no down the line. It just It's a gamble. If you, It's like recruiting. You know, you if you don't give a kid a scholarship right away – Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just – but, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you don't give a kid a scholarship in – I don't know, 
his junior season, but then you come in at the last second, there's a chance that he's going to say, I'm going to stay loyal to the, you know, the schools that wanted me back then. And I think that's what kind of bit us on the recruiting trail. And then also, you know, some of the other names that we were attached with had some red flags that the, the coaching staff didn't want. And now I think we're finding out they were probably justified in not going after guys like Amani Bates and Dior Johnson. The red flags were there for a reason. But I think if they if the staff had it to do over again, they would have said yes to some of the guys that they passed on earlier in the transfer portal, and they would have been better off with the guard position. But here we are now. Texas, I'm interested to um, to hear what you think about this. Do you think it's better that A.J. Johnson is coming to campus with a group of recruits, or would you rather him be here him by himself where he gets all of the coaching staff's attention? Not a right or wrong answer, but wanted to hear what you thought. I'm more pro-group. It's a good question. I, I, think, I mean, yeah, I, and I get the, the pros and cons for both sides. I mean, I guess it also depends on A.J. Johnson's mindset. I don't know him personally. like, But, like, I would I would rather him be in a group because then you got, you know, maybe you, kids kids tend to follow the pack mentality, you know, to be a part of the, you know, to, to be a part of what's considered, you know, the consensus, group, you know, popular popular thing to do. And if you got six, he's one of, you know, five or six guys, and they're all saying, hey, we're coming to Louisville. We need to come to Louisville. I think that's more, that's helpful. To be fair, too, it's a little unique because he's the only – 2023 guy at least the one, only one who's not committed who's going to be coming this weekend the other big time prospects that are on campus are going to be 2024 and 2025 kids so i think it's don't get me wrong like i know that the the students and the coaching staff they're going to be chanting like trenton flowers they're going to be talking about carter bryant and carter knox and all these kids but for the most part the most attention is going to be focused on aj johnson like he's yeah. the he's the main event it's kind of like and this is a, I hate to make this example because this kid didn't end up panning out for us, but the first year of Live Alive, the focus was Aiden Agahan. Like, people had Irish flags, they had the Irish Hulk signs. And oh, he I was, remember. He was blown away by it. Like, he was like, he was not expecting it. He was like, he felt like the man. And I think that played a huge part in him ending up committing to us. So I think there still will be a, a solid amount of, of soul focus on AJ Johnson. But I do like what you said, too. I think that a lot of times, football's a perfect example. When you get, five stars or four stars around with other five stars and four stars, it, it just it feels like more of like a, hey, like this is a cool place to be. Like this is, we can do something here together, even though Johnson probably in his mind is not thinking about playing with these younger kids because I think he probably thinks himself of himself as a one and done, which he probably will be. Um, but still, just like if, if this kid, who's a future millionaire, is interested in this place and thinks it's cool, it makes me more willing to say, I think it's cool too. I think you've seen that with football a little bit. I mean, the one downfall, uh, if you were to do more of like a, a solo thing, I mean, the, I, don't, I, think, I think there'd be a lot of backlash if Louisville had an event like Louisville Live and only had one recruit there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a giant well, I don't think that's what he's I think he's saying, like, would you rather have him here for a weekend that wasn't Louisville Live? Oh, okay. Where he'd well, get, like, the sole then, I mean, that's like the best, this is like the your biggest selling point of the year. I mean. Yeah, I think you have to. Have, especially when your football team's not, I mean, there's no football games on the schedule individually outside of matching with this weekend that would they could they could you know per, you know persuade somebody probably i mean they're gonna go all out like aj johnson will have his i'm sure fair share of face-to-face time just him one-on-one with kenny Payne this weekend oh yeah and everybody else that he wants that he wants to talk to i'm sure he'll get to see the team practice i'm sure he'll get to he'll be at the if he wants to stay long enough he'll be at the red white scrimmage on sunday um and the football game also like i mean ruben owens is gonna be in town that's one yeah. of the top five you know running backs in the country uh they've got some another a top 10 player uh, football recruit is going to be in town. Like that's something that rubs off on you as well. Like there's a, a basketball and football camaraderie at places like this that I think you can't overstate. So they rented it, out laser tag. I heard. Yeah, that's a Patino thing. 
It's a really? it's definitely a fair question, but I still side with Louisville Live being your best shot. I think you you want to take your best shot at a kid like AJ Johnson. I think this weekend is your best shot. So I agree. Good. Now if, if like nobody shows up and the whole event's a flop and it's like freezing cold and raining, then maybe maybe not the best. But you can't really control some of that. Well, stuff. That's when you remind AJ basketball is an indoor sport. <laughs> Uh, um, well, now I've just been told that Ruben Owens is not visiting this weekend. So when did that happen? I, I don't know. Apparently, I mean, he was he was on the way here. Scratch that last part of the spiel. Oh, I don't like to spot the tattoo. Well, <laughs> we got to talk about other things on the recruiting front too. Is he changing the tattoo? We don't know about. I don't know about the tattoo, but we'll get to. We'll take a break when we come back. We can get into the DeAndre Moore stuff. We can talk about Ruben Owens now. Apparently, not visiting. We. Can, there's some movement that has me concerned. I don't like this movement. I don't like the movement either. We'll this talk about George it. George Costanza movement at the at the physical therapist. I don't like this movement. I don't like it either. We'll talk about it after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. John Popper. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you want something better. Yeah, Blue Strapper's on the Blue Strapper's thousand included the uh, the sound uh, Blue Traveler song. Oh, okay. I got confusing myself calling Blue Brothers two thousand Blue Traveler. I was like, I got I got tongue twisted in my own words. <laughs> we got a lot of sports happening here on a Tuesday afternoon. Oh, it's an overload, baby. New York Yankees uh, off to a 3 nothing lead in the first inning in a winner-take-all game five against the Cleveland Guardians. John Carlos Stanton, three-run bomb in the first here to get the scoring started. Go Yanks. It feels wrong saying it, but I got to say it. Go Yanks. Go Yanks. We're team Dylan Long. We'll get Dylan on the show after, uh, after they win the World Series. From the locker room. That, and I'm just kind of that boomer guy. It's like, you can't change your name. <laughs> <laughs> I, is that bad? Is that movie a bad person? I mean. It's just kind of, yeah, I mean. You're not wrong, Walter. You're just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm also the same guy that, like, when you talk about Washington, the football team, like, in my eyes, the record books, like, start for Washington Commanders, like, two years ago. Tony Gibson's the Washington all-time leading rusher. Sure, why not? Like, the record book. If you want to change your name, then your record books ended in, in 1999 for the, the Redskins. Who cares? Nothing matters. <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> All right, Metallica. Because nothing else matters. Nothing matters. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, I mentioned, I just found out during the break that, uh, that, that Ruben Owens is not visiting this weekend as previously planned. Talk but, about kicking the but, groin. But, 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 still feels very strongly. If you're, if you're talking about guys, high-profile guys in this class, I said this a few weeks ago. Apparently, it's still true. I think he's more locked in than... Some others. I, I, I still feel very, very good about Ruben Owens staying true to his commitment. 
and eventually playing for the Louisville Cardinals, regardless of what happens with Satterfield, regardless of, of any of this stuff. I think, I think, I guess we'll see, but I still feel more confident about him than, say, DeAndre Moore. I was like, that leads to me and think that you're there's somebody less confident. Story comes out yesterday. Uh, I don't like the story. It is a story from On P. Of course it is. Well, then we can't believe it. I'm sure. It does quote more. The, the, the headline was definitely more, I, I think, juicy than the actual story was. But in the story, DeAndre Moore does say that he is seriously, he's still considering both Texas and Georgia. He does not come off like a kid who is 100% committed to Louisville, which when you see these types of things happening late in the recruitment for a kid that's been committed for multiple months, how often does that kid wind up saying, you know what? Change my mind. I am totally committed. I feel like when you see the cracks, they almost always end up in a flood. What was the headline? The headline was, in a conversation with On 3's director of recruiting, Chad Simmons, Louisville four-star wide receiver commit DeAndre Moore said that he is seriously considering Texas and Georgia. He basically was like, he's like, it's Texas and Georgia. I'm going to listen to him. Yeah, but he, he wasn't like, I'm not committed to Louisville anymore. He said, like, I'm, I still obviously love Louisville and all this stuff, but I'd be doing a disservice. It'd be doing a disservice to me if I didn't go and look at those other places. Of course, I still love Louisville. I mean, I actually don't disagree with him on that. I don't either, but it sounds like— It scares me from going there, but, I mean, if I'm the recruit, I think, yeah, you take every visit, you can—yeah, do it. It sounds like Texas is the the one to be concerned about there. Aren't they always? I guess, yeah. But, I mean, you think Georgia is the reigning national champion and, and number one in the country right now, so they'd be the obvious choice. But if you're DeAndre Moore, though, I'd almost think that he'd be the most likely guy to come here and honor his commitment because there's not a spot that's more open for the taking if you're an elite high school or college freshman than wide receiver is for Louisville right now. He, I mean, we could, we, we'll take DeAndre Moore right now. Take him from St. John Bosco. He probably starts for us on Saturday. Like he is probably he's that good, and we are that lacking at playmakers. And and honestly, right now, dinged up. You know, Mario Huggins Bruce, his status is up in the air. We've lost um, D. Wiggins. Braden Smith is not doing much for us at wide receiver. You know, it's Tyler Hudson's been good. The, the guys that we try to like, we don't have weapons in that position. We're not getting enough separation uh, at those spots. We need a guy just like DeAndre Moore to come in and, and be electrifying right from the jump. So you'd think that he would see that, but I guess maybe I don't know, early playing time isn't enough of a, a a sway for him. But I am to answer the question of every UK fan listening to the show right now. Like, are you nervous about this now? Yeah, of course. Like, like we got a, we got a, a top five wide receiver in the country who I watched look like little Reggie Bush when they played that team from Dow- Allen High School a few months ago. Yeah, I'm nervous that he's saying this late in the recruitment that he's still considering Texas and Georgia. It's Texas and Georgia, for God's sake. What do you want me to say? No. Reggie Bush was like 5'9". How short is DeAndre Moore? 6'6". Okay, he's not little. He's 2.0 then. He's fantastic is what he is. Yeah. Regardless of how tall he is, he's electrifying. and He's going to be a—I'll be shocked if he's not a big-time college player, and I want him to be a big-time college player for us. So I'm very nervous about that. I did, I quote tweeted the um, th- that story with just the Walter White, but he's dead, by the way. Uh, the Walter White lying on the floor bleeding picture that I love, and in four, the the first response that I got was from somebody just saying he's dead, which I appreciate. Thank you for listening to the show. The in four consecutive responses, and you can check this. You can go look at it. I had four consecutive responses where one guy said, "You can't." Why are you like like peddling information from on three? They're unreliable. The second guy said, "This is your guys' fault as the media for hyping us up on all these players." 
and then you know, knowing that they might not sign, getting us all excited for nothing. The third guy said, this is on Scott Satterfield for not winning enough games. Of course, when he sees Scott Satterfield like coaching, he's going to go somewhere else. And the, the fourth guy said, this is, uh, th- this is your guy's fault for being so mean to Scott Satterfield and, and him seeing the way that people are talking about Satterfield and he's not going to come. So it's everybody's fault besides maybe the kid just not wanting to come play for Louisville. You should do a poll with all those options. Who's, 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 who's really to blame? Who's uh, most to blame for DeAndre Moore considering other schools this late in his recruitment? Let's make a deal. Come on, Monty. Pick one of the doors. I was just like, okay, yeah, it's, it's you know what? Hand up. My fault. I got him here. Now I'm losing him. You are to blame. I usually am. And that's fine. I mean, I'm picking you only because you keep spoiling Breaking Bad for me. He's dead. Did you ever finish Only Murders in the Building yet? No. Ooh, it's bad time. Don't to- do it. I've only got two episodes left. You've had two episodes for two weeks. I know. I can't get around to it. I'm sorry. You finished Hocus Pocus 3. Hocus Pocus 2. Whatever. It took, me, it took us three nights. We got there. We finished it. By the end, I was like, I just didn't remember. I was half paying attention. I was like, okay, just get, let's just get this done. <laughs> let's get this over with. Sound like your honeymoon night. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Long day. <laughs> what do you always say? Um, we will have big-time visitors in town this weekend that I do feel good about the, their commitments, namely on the offensive line. We're going to have both Luke Burgess. He's committed to, to being here this weekend. Uh, he announced that yesterday that I'll be in the Ville for the, the pit game. And then Madden Sanker, the big name on the yeah. offensive line. They're both going to be here. They're both still actively recruiting other guys, which is awesome to see. I, I still feel good about the nucleus of this class, but like if you're saying, you know, you 100% that DeAndre Moore is going to come here, no, uh, of course not. When you start to see cracks like this, it's it's worrisome, especially for a fan base that has been jilted a lot on the football recruiting, uh, in, in the football recruiting. We really world. need to get a tattoo. Yeah. The tattoo is clearly what. If he gets the, the tattoo, then we're going to be good. Unless it's like the area code of Texas, or Austin, or whatever. I don't like it. I, I, I don't like any part of it. Uh, but yeah, we will not have Ruben Owens this weekend in town. But Madden Sanker, Luke Burgess will be here, and, and some other big time recruits we may get our hands on. I feel good about it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. Texas anytime. Uh, your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns. I know we're we're still having stream issues apparently. Um, what? Yeah, the stream on the TuneIn app keeps going silent for some reason. Multiple people now are saying this. I'm sorry. If you're listening via stream, we'll try to get it fixed after the show, but we are. If it makes you feel better. We're sorry. Maybe if you're lucky, it happened while I was talking. No, I don't. I think it's just it's both of us. <laughs> it's covering all bases. Uh, Texas, something tells me that Coach Walls could not have made the same ride your ass statement and live to see another day like KP. Double standard. <laughs> I hope that's a joke. <laughs> I mean, KP did not mean it in the literal sense. I think it was. I think everybody knew how he meant it. Texas, I just got on the road to Cincinnati for uh, AEW. AEW. Yep. I, yeah. I was. I just. I, he says, Trev, do you need me to stop by and get you? <laughs> no, I didn't get a ticket. I, that, I, I want. Here's the thing, and this is. Sound, I'm gonna sound spoiled. Like I'm at the point of laziness that, like, if I'm going to an event, I want good seats. So I like, can respect that. Like so, and if I'm and I'm and, I, and if I'm going few and far between. To events, whether it be wrestling or just sports in general, you know, I might splurge and get good seats. So I wanted like good, like first three rows ringside seats. And I got a problem with that. Now, am I willing to, you know, pay a little extra for those? If that's, listen, if it's the only event I may be going to in a year or two years, yeah, I'll do that. Problem was, is they weren't available. I couldn't find any like seats like that on like all the four seats in general were pretty much like just not even on like. Ticketmaster or like StubHub's and all those, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I mean, they got, usually you at least find them on the secondary markets and I couldn't. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be late. I'm going to stay home and watch it. I am kind of jealous though. Cause there's a, 
I mean, you've got obviously the um, the main event, which will be uh, Hangman Page versus Moxie for the title. Hangman um, Page, every main event ever. Chris Jericho is going to be there wrestling Dalton Pence, which will be I think it'll be a fun match. He's there with the the boys who He's were wrestling Dalton Pence. No, not, not Dalton. the guy who fills in on the show sometimes. <laughs> what a career change! <laughs> he's he's so mad about his Chargers losing the <laughs> performance last night. <laughs> uh, but the, the big one, the big one. Is that uh, your man, your boy, OC? OC is going for the uh, going to be looking to be a double champion tonight. Oh, world champion? No, well he's. Well, I don't care about it. He and the and the best friends are wrestling Death Triangle for the trios title. The trios title now? Yeah, there's a, there's a six man title. Okay. There's a lot of six man. There's a lot of three man groups in this in this federation. So three man weave. Yeah, it's uh, I hated the three man weave. I had a coach in all stars to try to make me run it. I was like, just, just, I'm going. No, uh, you refuse to do the three man weave. I was like, I don't want to do this. Just couldn't grasp the physics of it. Yeah, I'm like too big. I don't want to over my head a little bit. Yeah, look at me. I'm like, I'm already like six one, three hundred pounds in this age group. You want me to run laterally? What are you high? <laughs> what the hell? Uh so yeah, but that, and Death Triangle is one of my favorite groups, obviously, and I'd love to. See, I've never had to actually see uh, Lucha Brothers live, so I don't hate you on the ticket thing because, like, back in the day, I guess it was the second year at the KFCM Center. It was the it was the Final Four team, 2011-12. So that yeah. was, would have been the, yeah, the the second year we were there. I had season tickets through law school, which was funny because I was not in law school at the time, but they were in like the, the student section for the law school tickets, and, and all grad students was upper level, and so I went like, went to all these games. But then as time went on and I got a little bit older, it was one of those deals where, like, you know, if I'm not going to be sitting in the lower level, if I don't have good seats, it's That's not worth it. rather to, watch it home. The upper level of the Yum Center is not like Freedom Hall back in the day. It's, no. a, it's a, you bad sight lines. Unless you just want to be in the building to feel the energy, which I have a, a couple of times. Like, it's, for me, I'd, I'd rather watch it home. It's a better seat, better viewing. I don't have to waste my entire night. Not waste, but uh, dedicate my entire night to this one thing on a weeknight. It's I understand. Like so, if I don't have decent seats for a Louisville basketball game, I'm probably not going in this day and age, which sucks. But I mean, don't go wrong, it listen. It's I, a lot of money to go to those games. Cheap seats are, are are there for the youth or for or for the young. And I mean, I I went to many a Pacer game sitting in nosebleeds, Louisville game sitting up high, football, or basketball tournament, or or in you know Freedom Hall, Yum Center, whatever. Uh, I've been to you know football games sitting up in nosebleeds. But, you know, I, I did it for decades. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what? You know, I, if I can afford it, I'm going to go to it. And like you said, yeah, if I'm, it's not like I'm going to like, you know, multiple events. Like if I'm going to like one game, like when I went to the NFC title game, didn't know I was going to go to the Super Bowl. But I mean, I splurged and I was, had, I think I was on the 30 yard line, like 10th row. I mean, it was excellent seats and worked or seat in general. And, uh, and, and, you know, I paid a little extra for it, but I won, you know, it's a one-time thing, and I've been to one AW event. It was what a year last year, I guess. I went to the one in Indianapolis, and they're gonna be back in Indianapolis in a few months, and I'll maybe play it by ear. But if I'm only gonna go like once a year, I'm gonna I'm gonna go good. I'm not I'm not gonna go cheap. I'm with you. I don't hate you for that. Yeah, I don't think it's spoiled. You hate me for other things though. Sometimes. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Just not this. <laughs> like when you say a statement like that, it pretty much just says that you heard things you hate me for. Yeah. Of course. Um, um, I, I just saw this news. This, I guess, this is news from yesterday. But Jaden Bradley, who's actually Pitt's leading wide receiver, just announced that he's entering the transfer portal uh, yesterday, which is not. I mean, wide receivers, they got ditching him. He uh, leads them in, in touchdowns, I should say. He had five catches in their last game. 
that's one less weapon for them this weekend. Also, I saw their, their starting left tackle is not going to play in this game. But they, I mean, they, they're going to run the ball against us. There's no question about that. We've got, we've got, like, really? they got the top best running backs in the country. Would you care to take a, a, a stab at nope. his name? Nope. Not even going to try it. I'm... Because something tells me he's going to somehow get back to him, and he's going to he's going to make him angry. And Israel Abanacanda, one of the funnest names to pronounce in all of college football. He just had what three hundred and thirty yards and six touchdowns last week against Virginia Tech. Abba kind of badass is what he is. He's very good. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is very good. But they, I think they will try to throw the less, even even less this week than they have been in, in weeks prior, and just kind of ride him. Especially since we have not been great at defending the run. Basically, in every other week. I mean, how are you not worried about this when this is a team that runs the ball so well with a great running back? Yeah. I mean, do I need to remind you what happened last time? I mean, this is probably what maybe the best running back we played since Sean Tucker. Oh, yeah. And remember what Sean Tucker did to us earlier this year? Why, why are you acting like I'm not worried about this game? Oh, yeah, I'm just I, think, I don't think we're going to win this week. I don't know why you're acting like like, like I'm predicting a 10-point victory. Have I said in any way Where did that made come you from? think that I was confident about this? It's a very acute story. You're like, how are you not worried? I'm like, what? I've expressed no confidence this week. I'm, I'm not best worried. I don't even I have no, you have no confidence at all. Of That's why you're not worried. Yeah. You don't, you're not even thinking we have a chance. Uh, <laughs> Texture says the book title, BTK Home. <laughs> BTK Killer. I, I, I try to err away from having BTK in the title of a book that I was writing. BTK? It's a, it's a serial killer. Back on serial killers. BTK was a serial killer? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't remember that one. Texas stream is working fine for me. Yeah, I had somebody else text me and said they were listening to tune, tune in okay. Good. Oh, uh, yeah, Dennis Rader was the BTK killer. I told him, I don't know. I'm BTK wrong. stands for blind torture or bind, torture, and kill. Oh, you know, you know what the problem is, is there there was an SBU episode that was similar to that. <laughs> and I, I guess that's who they were ripping off in that. And I just never thought, I never put two and two together. Once again, I'm staying. I'm I'm straying from keeping BTK out of the title of a book. Do you see Jack Harlow is going to play at the KFCM Center in December? Uh, I do now. First time he's playing the Yum Center. Really? So that's been his dream to play the Yum Center. How's he never played the Yum Center? Because he hadn't been big enough before. Like he's last year he's he got w- a banner in Brooklyn. No, he doesn't. Oh, Madison Square Garden. That's not him. Oh, it will be. You're thinking of Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles definitely can play the KFC Home Center. Uh, but Jack Harlow, remember he came home last year and did like those six concerts in six days at just various locations across the city. Yeah. So that was more of like a – he could have done the Yum Center and probably filled it at that point, but I he mean, wanted to do that thing. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I love the Yum Center and stuff, but like the guy's like hosting MTV Movie Awards. He's hosting SNL. Yeah, he's hosting SNL. He's been on Jimmy Fallon. He's hosting SNL next week. He's, uh, he's calling out the Derby. He's doing videos with Drake. And now you're telling me I'm now big enough to make the Yum Center? Who does the Yum Center think they are? I'll give shouts out to the Thomases, by the way. He, he is the best agents in the world. Like, this man is everywhere. And, like, his, I mean, Looks he's good. He's doing, yeah, he's doing Jimmy Fallon. He's host and musical guest in two weeks for Saturday Night Live on, on the 29th. Like, that's unreal. Um, I might actually watch that. Yeah, he's, he was co hosting the VMAs. He's he's doing everything. He's everywhere. He's, he's in the new White Man Can't Jump movie. I won't watch that. He's, well, it's happening. He's in. Oh, it. it can happen. I'm not going to watch He's it. starring, and now he's, uh, he's playing the KFC Yum I Center. How many people have hosted and been the host and musical guest at the same time on SNL history? Well, it's going to be two in a row now because Megan the Stallion did it last week. It's well, the fir- it's, I know it's the first time that they've ever had back to back hosts and musical guests okay. doing double duty. But, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's, it's. I mean, it's back to back, and I didn't even know. I mean, I barely even know who she is. But um, 
and rightfully so. But the uh, yeah, I mean, I would say if I had to take a guess, like you get, I'll say the over under is at twelve. Would you take over under on it? Over. Really? Yeah. Okay. They have they usually have at least a couple a year. I guess maybe they do. I, and, and I guess in fairness, for the last twenty years, SNL has been not worth watching. So I don't, Aaron I don't Judge really, bomb. Not really sure. Just that's the most oh, boomer, boomer of all Cleveland. boomer takes. It, I forgot. I didn't know SNL was even on anymore. I'm gonna be you. No, I know it's on. I just don't watch it. I thought SNL stopped being funny in the '90s. Everybody just thinks it was funny when they were younger and just stopped watching it. Well, I also didn't get into Will Ferrell stuff either. Well, you just don't like anything. And uh, and no, I, I every Saturday I'll stop on the guide and see who's on it, and I'm just like, I don't know who these two people are. That's how, that's the only thing I hate about it when I do the talk. Every every night, almost every other night, or at least every night. I will look at the guide and like hit the info button on the talk shows as who's who's coming on. And there's a really good chance that like of what four talk shows and three names apiece, I maybe know two of them. Sure, I don't think anybody listening to the show is surprised by that. <laughs> I don't think anybody who's listened to more than ten minutes of the show is is surprised at all. I mean, maybe they should get some more talented people in there. I mean, you don't pay attention to anything that happens. <laughs> He tells us, give me the, the number for the phone so I can keep calling if that's what it takes to remove Trevor from the show. Oh, make me angry. Um, Texas says, it's the Scream Killer asking, the guy calling is the Scream Killer asking Trevor, what's your favorite scary movie? Scream. Is it really? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big scary movie guy. Scream's up there, though, probably. I like Scream. I think I would put it in my top five without, with, on, on just off the top of my head. This is the new um, first Fridays. The thirteenth was a, I liked that one, the original. The new any guards update because we remember we have people that would just text every single day like guards, guards. Any, guard, any guards, guards. The new thing is going to be people. This these people text in every day. Any update on when we hear about the IRP ruling? <laughs> well, because you promised it here any day. I said before November. We've still got twelve days. Well, thirteen. Thirteen days. I'm assuming in the next two weeks. We'll see. Halloween could be very scary if it hasn't come in by then. God, it would be. Just the countdown to midnight on Halloween. I mean, you know it's going to be Friday. They're, they're going to do it on Louisville Live Day, which could be a, a really good thing or a really bad thing. Halloween's not on a Friday, though, sure, is it? It's not like a Tuesday. No, it's, it's, it? yeah, it's, it's early week. What a horrible thing to have on Halloween. Are you in fa- Are you one of the people, I know you're, you don't like anything new, but are you in favor of the movement that to make Halloween the last Saturday of October? No, it should be October 31st. I know, but people are saying because you can't trick or treat. Like some neighborhoods, if it lands on a weekday, that sucks. It does. But suck. it, that's that's how it is. I think you should give the kids this, the day after off. No school. On the if day you were going to establish it like Thanksgiving, to where it's not a date but a, a, an exact you know day, you should have done it long before now. A lot of places will like a lot of neighborhoods. Like my buddy Danny lives in Columbus. Like their neighborhood, they always do it the last Saturday of October. That's that's when they trick or treat. There's no trick or treat on actual Halloween. You come knocking on my door last Saturday October that isn't the 31st. I don't like it. And I'm going to stick the dogs on you. I don't like it. And you don't want to see Khaleesi when she's mad. I can't imagine Khaleesi being mad. She's sweet. She can't. She's rough and roll she's over. She's too nice. <laughs> Tell Khaleesi. She's like, her. Texas, I'm listening to you guys while also reading Twitter. Thank you for that. Blankenbaker just tweeted that uh, Travis Branham told them that we are the leaders for Isaiah Miranda over the NBA right now. I saw that tweet, yeah. That's great news. Yeah. Because when that came out, I was under the impression that they were the leaders. The G League was the leaders. Plus, I mean, it's believable because Travis doesn't work for on three. It's true. Although Travis has said that we're the leaders for guys that we. I mean, he, said, he basically said like we're going to get Malachi Smith, and I was like, I'm hearing that we're not going to get Malachi Smith, and we did not get Malachi Smith. Well, way to way to pop the balloon of that info. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I I said it on the show back then. I was like, people are saying we're in a good position with Malachi Smith. That's not my understanding, 
and we weren't. So I we could have been. We just didn't get him. I'd love to get Isaiah Miranda. I still feel like the G League is going to be a big competitor, but that'd be great news. I mean, he 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 would be a very big addition to that class if you get him because he's seven feet one. If you get him and you get AJ Johnson, you're talking about a top ten class, fringe top five class. Maybe it, it might end up climbing climbing into the top five, and I think you feel very good about the future. I just pictured the scene in blueprint uh, blue chips. You've seen blue chips, right? Yes. When he's talking to coach, he's like, "You get these guys, and I promise you, you're in the final four next year." I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, I mean, because we're not getting Penny and Shaq. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah Miranda would, would be very good, though. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, hour number three is on the way. We will get back into some of the discussion that we had early in the show about uh, so hoops talk. Also, some uh, some football recruiting notes to get to. We'll take more of your text as well at 502-414-1450. Before we break, reminding you about our guys over at First Bankers Trust. Their experienced portfolio management team provides in-depth insights into their investment philosophy, the economy, and relevant industry trends. If you're interested in learning more, go to firstbankerstrust.com. They'll tell you all about how they work with you individually to help you meet your financial goals. Whether you're talking about recruiting on the basketball side of things, recruiting on the football side of things, having homecoming, Making money, it all starts with one word. It starts with trust. First Bankers Trust. Go to firstbankerstrust.com. We'll take a break. Hour number three is on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. I'm just now realizing, so when we used to play backyard baseball, like my dad and I, he had, when I was little, he did this thing where he would call, he called it the wing dang doodle pitch. No, right, now he's not getting it. And he would just like, he like flails, flails arms, like try to get me to laugh and then throw like an ephus pitch, like lob it over the plate. Like I would be laughing so hard that I couldn't, like, and he called it the wing dang doodle pitch. And I'm just now realizing that that's where that came where from. Where you got it from? Yeah. There you go. You learn something new every day here on the microphone for show. We teach. Five o'clock hour. Not only do we entertain. We educate. We educate. Ourselves, primarily. And people think I shouldn't be around kids. Nobody else learns anything from the show. But every day you and I are like learning stuff that people have known for, for years. Yeah. I that's, mean, that's who we are. It's what we do. <laughs> we got the Yankees with a four-run lead here in the hurt? third. Aaron Judge went deep. Uh, we got a uh, Guardians threatening now. Two on, one out. And somebody's hurt. Gardens, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland done. Uh, can they can they bounce back from this? No, Yankees are going. Yeah. Oh, the Yankees bullpen kind of sucks. How I can relate. Yeah. Welcome into the uh, five <laughs> o'clock hour. We got plenty to get to again. Uh, we we've mentioned we covered a lot of bases today. We talked about a little hoop scoop from basketball practice today. Hoop, multiple hoop, fronts scoop. had little moles out there. Talked about what we saw that was good. Uh, what we heard that was 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 not good. Talked about the DeAndre Moore drama or lack thereof. On the recruiting trail. Also, Scott Satterfield talking to the media today. Status of Malik Cunningham. He's a full go for Saturday against Pitt. 100%. What you want to hear. Feeling good about that. Also, the other injury concerns seem to be wrapped up. Uh, so we mentioned all that. If we want to hear from you for the last hour at 
414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Uh, we'll have lots of fun. TK, we did not um, – I-, I wanted to ask you this. Your hesitation in, in saying it just makes me slightly worried. So there's been a lot of talk I've seen in the wake of in the wake of Tennessee's win over Alabama. Yeah. I guess somehow Matt Jones got caught in the crosshairs of Tennessee fans. I know he and Tennessee fans have never gotten along well. He's down from from Murfreesboro, uh, Bell County, my my grandfather's neck of the woods, and he grew up like disliking Tennessee almost as much as, as Louisville. It's one of those, you know, we have regional rivalries around here based on where you are in the state. A lot of people from this area, you know, disliked Indiana growing up because we're so close. A lot of fans from the southern part of the state dislike Tennessee more because they interact with more Tennessee and fans. I've met obnoxious Tennessee fans. I completely understand where you why you would be that feel that way if you lived in southern Kentucky. So he got into a back and forth yesterday about brands, essentially, in college sports because Tennessee fans are saying, like, their argument is, College football is better when we're good. Like, we're a program that matters that much. Us being back is good for the sport. To which I would counter, nobody has cared. Like, college football hasn't exactly been in dire straits the last two decades when you guys have been irrelevant, right? They're on life support. We've been fine. We've done okay as a sport. I'm not watching because I'm not boycotting my Saturday afternoons in October because Tennessee is not nationally relevant. Um it's cool that they're good. It's, it was fun. Certainly the environment at Nayland Stadium on Saturday was was electric. That was fun. But I could care less whether or not Tennessee's good or bad. Now, Jones, I, I agree with him in saying, like, Tennessee's not a brand that makes the sport go. But then he countered with, in college basketball, there are only three brands that matter. Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina. Nothing else. He's like, when they're good, it's good for the sport. Nobody else can say that. Which is a—I'm sorry. I, I like Matt Fine. Is a ludicrous argument. I wanted to reply to that tweet, but I just knew if I did, I'd get a, probably like a text from him, be like, "Dude, it's so silly." I mean, because I wanted to be like, "Listen, if Kentucky was bad, college basketball wouldn't notice." Two years ago, NCAA, tourna- NCAA tournament ratings in a pandemic were fine when Kentucky was nine and sixteen. You, you almost—I love how you're mocking Tennessee fans their statement, and you make one that's it's it's the same ridiculous. Thing. Nobody in the middle of the country, no, nobody on the West Coast is thinking about Kentucky basketball at all. I mean, they don't care. No, no, no team or university, neither sport in college basketball or football is dependent on who's good and who's not. Now, I do think. I mean, they don't have to talent level. They have to be good, and people are going to, to, to get. They're going to get ratings and TV money, and and people are going to watch, and they're going to. Well, maybe not go, but that's not the. You know, that's what I'm here to. I honestly think the one brand that really matters in, in college basketball is Duke. They are like. I don't even think if Duke. If Duke is bad, and they've had some bad. They've had. They very, still are always number one in the ratings. Almost always, their games draw viewers. When they had Zion, the numbers were outrageous when it comes to regular season games. Yeah, but if you put Zion, but if Duke's not there and Zion's on another team, even Clemson, then Clemson's going to get probably get ratings that year. Not as much as Duke. Maybe not, but they're still going to get them. As somebody who worked with college basketball for a decade, Duke page ratings, Duke page views, anything about Duke, is it sells. It's why. Yeah, people get so mad about it, especially the Zion year. Why are you guys writing about Duke so much? Why are you guys writing about Duke so much? Because if we put 150 words about anything Duke-related, it's going to do five times as much traffic as an in-depth, well-reported, like well-thought-out piece on, I don't know, Oklahoma basketball. Like Duke basketball drives the sport. Like They, they do. They, they move the needle. And I, I love UK fans every year. They do this thing where it's like the TV ratings come out for the most-watched regular season games, and Duke's always number one. And I think last year was the exception because Carolina played so many games in the NCAA tournament that were so highly watched. But like it'll be Duke Carolina and then like Duke Michigan State and then a Kentucky game will be third. And like their their response there is like Duke and Kentucky are the ones dropping. Like no, that's not how it's like. It's like Batman and Robin are saving the town. Like 
well, Batman's doing a little bit more than Robin is here. Let, let's let's call a spade a spade. And I think that you know what drives the sport, the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like to your to your broader point, I, I do think it's better for college basketball when Duke is relevant, when North Carolina is relevant, and when Kentucky's not relevant. I think Kansas being relevant helps as well. If all four of those teams sucked, NCAA tournament ratings are still going to be great. They always are. It's a perfect event. People love March Madness. Don't screw with it, NCAA. Don't screw with it, college conference commissioners. Just don't mess with it. Like last year, the seven most watched basketball games of any sort were all college games. And I think six of them were from the NCAA tournament. Like like St. Peter's, North Carolina was the most watched game outside of the Final Four. More than any NBA Finals game, more than any NBA Christmas game. The, the the Champions Classic games do great ratings, but the NCAA tournament is what's always going to keep that sport alive. And everybody has this conversation of, if you want to keep college basketball relevant from November through February, there's only so much you can do. Football is, is football. 91 of the 100 most watched programs of any sort on TV in the past calendar year were football games. I think 73 of those were NFL games. Like, you cannot, if you're, it's not like there's a secret recipe out there that would, somehow make college basketball more of a TV draw or more nationally relevant than the NFL if they just did this, right? It, it, it's not going to happen. All you can do is make the sport the best you can. If people love it, they're going to love it. If not, they're going to watch after the Super Bowl ends, start paying attention then, and check out the NCAA tournament. And that's fine. But to act like college basketball would be dead if Kentucky fell off a cliff. We've seen Kentucky fall off a cliff. College basketball is still standing. I mean, there was a two-year span where they weren't even allowed on TV or anything. I don't think college basketball folded then. It was great in the 90s. People <laughs> loved college basketball in the 90s. They were doing The sport was doing just fine without Kentucky, and if it happened again tomorrow, the sport would still be doing just fine. Yeah, I I, I, I find, I think, if you think you the sport, again, in basketball, football, and you can be higher on Duke than you're denying maybe, but to me, if you think your your team matters on the the outcome of that sport, then you're just you're, you're just too egotistical. People will turn it. Some people will tune in to see teams. I, I think people love watching Duke to cheer against them. People like North Carolina. There's the, but, but the brand point, is if, the brand. If Duke was to fade away. Someone's going to replace them. Sure, but what I'm getting to is people will tune in to watch some programs, but they also are going to tune into specific players from a year to year basis. And that's always going to change. Like there was a lot of interest. People got mad at ESPN. I got mad at ESPN for continually hyping up LSU during the Ben Simmons season, the TV ratings drew viewers because people wanted to see that kid play. Um, he was There was intrigue in him. There's always going to be, even if they change the one-and-done rule, which is going to happen apparently pretty soon, even if they go back to kids that can go pro out of high school, you're still going to have college freshmen, sophomores, juniors, what have you, who establish themselves as clear-cut future NBA superstars that people want to just watch play. And the sport's going to be fine. All these changes, who's good, who's bad, who's relevant, who's irrelevant, who can play, who can't play, it's going to be fine. We've talked about the death of college basketball a million times, and guess what? It does just fine. As long as the NCAA tournament stays intact, it's going to be just fine. That makes me laugh. The NBA is as bad as it's been in 30 years, and they're going to take away one. They're going to make freshmen come straight in or high school kids come in, which helped lead to the NBA being as bad as it ever was in the early 2000s. NBA is going to be fine, too. That's a silver. What a Putts. He has a moron. <laughs> Ruining the poor dead Stern. Stern. It's a good thing Stern isn't allowed to see this. Texas says Trevor Quick spell pterodactyl. Uh, F. You know <laughs> FCC rules. Am I allowed to spell words? Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good. I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't now. think so. 
Like <laughs> we did do the acronym thing, which I was walking a little bit of a thin line yesterday. Yeah, I somebody, but I think that's fine. I think actually spelling it out would be bad. Actually spelling. <laughs> what if I just spell a long word with those four letters? Like is the first like four letters of the word. I don't think that's good either. Like spell those four letters and say adacto. Sure. <laughs> if you missed it during the four o'clock hour, real quick, I'll sum up. I, I had multiple little birdies at different sessions of practice today. And is that where Patrick is? Not not Patrick. Patrick's the student practice. I think is is what Thursday or is it next week? Where was he? We'll have another birdie then. I can only assume Patrick's not here because his girlfriend had nothing to do. I guess and he only ditches us for the girls. That, I mean, that makes that he's makes, eighteen. I don't blame him. I don't, I don't blame him. I'm kidding me? Would you rather be here listening to us? Dude, if a woman called me in three o'clock in the middle of the show, I would leave you in a heartbeat. I don't blame you for that. He was listening to the show. He I'm texted, like, I'm out, dude. Peace. He, he texted me <laughs> earlier to make fun of your mask, so you know he was listening for a little bit. But uh, the the four o'clock hour, so. I had two different people, independent. They were not there at the same time. They witnessed two different sessions of practice, and they both said eerily similar things. The bad guard position is an issue. We we knew this. We we could have lied to ourselves and say it's going to be just fine, but very clearly if LLS gets in foul trouble, if LLS gets hurt, if LLS isn't good, we're we're in trouble. We don't have an ACC, high ACC caliber backcourt right now, and that apparently has been noticeable to everybody who's watched the team practice. Also, Jada Withers, slightly injured, was not practicing today during either stint. Mike James and Fabio Basile, both apparently a little bit limited, uh, still working their way back from some stuff. The the good, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, according to everybody who's seen this team practice, whether it was during the summer sessions or over the last couple of weeks, everybody says he's a pro. Everybody says he's been the best player on the floor. He's been the most impressive guy. That's a, certainly a good thing. The fact that he's dominating the rest of this, this, these front court players so thoroughly a little bit concerning. There's certainly some concern there. I've, I've heard multiple people saying Sidney Curry looks a little bit, you know, maybe a step slower than he was at the end of last season, maybe not in quite as good shape, which these are what these months are for. Get back into good shape. Um, Rose Wheeler, doghouse today. Reese Gaines was on him apparently hard this morning. And then Kenny Payne himself was on him pretty hard this afternoon. JJ Trainer, we talked about the quote. I'm not going to say it again, but he, uh, he apparently has been, they're pushing him a little bit. They're trying to get as much out of him as possible. Um, but it sounds like Brandon Huntley Hatfield has been the clear, clear standout amongst, amongst the front court players. Uh, Hersey Miller is a guy who, you know, if, you, if you're hoping him to be more than he was advertised, maybe you're going to be a little bit disappointed. Limited offensively, plays very hard, tenacious defender. That's going to be his role on this team. Kamari Lands, I had two people say he was, he, he was solid. He was not, maybe not spectacular today, but looked solid. I still think maybe that two spots up for grabs a little bit. I still think if the, if the season starts today, you've got that same starting five of L. Ellis, Lands, maybe just because Mike James isn't quite back to 100% yet. Maybe that can change in the next uh, three weeks. But Ellis, Lands, Withers, assuming he's healthy, Huntley Hatfield, and Sidney Curry. I think that's still probably your safe starting five. Probably. And and then we'll see who we'll go from there. I mean, Devin Ree, if you're wondering about how he's looking, as advertised, knockdown outside shooter, a little bit small for this level of basketball struggles to create his own shot, probably going to struggle a little bit defensively, but can be his own buster for you, which is, it's why you get him. He's a guy who can knock down a three. You got to have those guys. He'll see the court because of that. Um, Hopefully knocks it down. We, we had guys last year that we were told they were going to knock it down. We're open and didn't knock it down. You don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't have to jinx it. I mean, it's very true. Every time we have a knockdown outside shooter, they, a lot of times they wind up not being as advertised. Although I, I will say like Ryan McMahon, Shot it as well as you wanted him to. Jordan yeah. Wara was built as a big time shooter coming in here. Shot it very well from the outside. Now lighting it up for the Bucks. By the way, NBA starting tonight. We got six Cardinals on active rosters. Um, props to them. Like how you just like told me not to like the Beetlejuice it. 
Like, do don't say it out loud. Well, <laughs> I feel like because we, we cursed guys all last year. We're like, this guy needs to have a big game. He can really knock down the outside. They just they would miss like 17 shots that night. By the way, I got to give a, a shout out to uh, former producer David Yates. He's still even 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 in retirement is still doing producer work. Sends me a, gives me a link and the answer to how many people have double dutied on SNL. Okay, you want to take? I said. By the way, it is over 12. Yeah. You want to take just a wild guess what the number is? Um, 32. More. 50. Less. One more guess. 43. Very close. 44. Ah. The very first, actually, in year one as well. Paul Simon? Paul Simon. He's done it three times. He came out in the turkey Four seat. times, excuse me. Uh, after him was Lily Tomlin and then uh, Desi Arnaz, Chris Christopherson, who made my list of actors there movies the other day. Uh, Ray Charles has done it amongst the, uh, even Art Garfunkel did it. So there you go. I mean, it's uh, the Rolling Stones. There's, it's a long list. I don't know why. I just felt like it. I, I felt like I didn't see it as maybe in, in certain times when I was watching SNL. It's a list that Jack Harlow is going to add his name to. Yeah. He's Two Saturdays from now. Props to him. I'm excited. I, bet he, I think he'll do well. What the hell? How the hell did Gary Busey was a musical act and an act? Gary Busey was submitted when uh, when we were having that conversation last week. Uh, and it, it was it was it was on the 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 heels of his Buddy Holly movie. There you go. Which have you ever seen the Buddy Holly movie with Gary Busey? I have not. It's it's not bad actually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, NBA starts tonight. I'd rather talk about this than the NBA. NBA sucks. Best of luck to the <laughs> uh, the, the six former cards that are on active rosters. Good for the them. Season. I thought twenty six UK players on active rosters. It's a lot. How many? 26. None of them are on the Pacers, though, thankfully, I don't think. No, we do. We have got, uh, yeah, we, that's right. Last year was the first time we had a Pacer, Mike, since I've been a Pacer fan. Isaiah Jackson was on the team. And by the way, we had our worst team in, in like 30 years. True question for you, though. Out of those 26 uh, NBA players, how many championships have they combined to bring back to Lexington? <laughs> Is it two? One. Is it less than two? Less than two. It's one. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I know I know they got one because uh, well, the guy that led them to it is still like, you know, Mr. Mr. Suit guy over in L.A. Mr. Suit guy? Mr. Suit. Is that it they call him out in L.A.? Well, what does what Barkley call Anthony Davis? The, 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 I don't think it's Mr. Suit guy. What was it he called? Something about the suit, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know that? No. Oh, come on. Mr. Suit guy? Just Google Anthony Davis Charles Barkley nickname. I, I don't care. Because he's much. always injured, so he calls him like the suit guy. We can look it up during the break. <laughs> Anthony Davis, Mr. Suit guy. Props to you. <laughs> Texas, I'm a younger listener, and I think the biggest brand in college football is Ohio State. Outside of five years since 1993, they've won 10 games or more every year. No fan under the age of 45, 50 doesn't know Ohio State as never not relevant. They probably, well, Bama's the biggest brand in football. Yeah, yeah, but to his credit, yeah, I agree. And you look at the last 30 years, Ohio State is probably the most consistent of any program in football. They're definitely the most consistent. But when you say college football, I think you think Alabama. The same Currently. way that you think Duke when you think college basketball. But, I mean, Saban retires – Five years down the road, Alabama is no longer the top. I mean, it could easily change like that. It could because there was a, remember you remember the, and the, like, especially in the nineties and two thousand late night late nineties, excuse me, and like throughout most of the early part of the two thousands, Alabama was irrelevant. Right, but that's not where we are now, and it's yeah. not where we have been for the last two decades. Like they've been, they're the program. But that's also proven the point that it doesn't matter who's kind of at the top; it's, that's the sport's still rolling. Yeah, I mean, I mean especially <laughs> in college college football's. Any football is yeah. not going to go. I mean, the NFL, like the Alabama of the NFL for so long was the Patriots. They've sucked for the last couple of years. NFL's still doing fine for itself. I mean, I'm sure there are people probably in the 70s like, college football wouldn't survive without Notre Dame, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, two of those three have been semi-irrelevant for the most part for the last couple of decades. I mean, the five biggest brands in college football. Currently. 
yeah, five, when you say college football, five brands that you think of. Bama. I said probably Ohio State, too. I would say the first two that come to my mind are actually Ohio State and Michigan. I'd say Notre Dame, three, still. Yeah. I'd say, man. See, I, I still don't think of, like, Clemson as, like, one of the five biggest brands in the sport. And see, and with Alabama, and I'm not saying Alabama isn't the biggest now, but to me, I don't even say Alabama. I say top of the SEC. Because at one point, that was Florida. Yeah, it's I mean, not now. And at one point before that, it was Tennessee. Like, it's, it's Alabama's, it's no, and Alabama's fan base is there, but, I mean, in the blink of an eye, they're no longer the face of, in, of college football, and someone's in the SEC is going to replace them. Yeah, I still, I think you're underselling their staying power. I think Bama, I mean, because, yeah, they had periods in, t- in the 90s, where they, but still, for the most part, Alabama has always been a nationally relevant program, and they've been so dominant for the past 15 years. I mean, they're going to be nationally relevant in, in the same way that USC is always going to be relevant, whether they're good or not. Well, and Notre Dame. That's what and I'm Notre saying. Dame, yeah. Like, I mean, like but, if they just got bad out of nowhere, I don't think they just disappear from the national no, conversation. No, they They're won't. still one of the biggest brands in the sport. But they're not going to be the, the, the top, you know, the top dog. They will be for a while. Like, I think they've earned enough staying power. Or even if they had a couple of down seasons, they're still going to be the most talked about. Like when Duke has a couple of down seasons, they're still the most talked about team in college. That basketball. also depends whether if, if Sab- those down seasons come like post the Saban career or just during Saban's tenure. Yeah. Because the Duke tenure, Coach K is still there. I mean, and then you look at obviously, you know, if Saban was to leave and they have a couple of bad years, I don't know if it, I mean, it could, it could be bad quick. I mean, again, I think that's a different conversation. Like yeah. getting bad and not being nationally relevant are, are two different things. The other two, though, I think it's, it's a, I think it's a toss-up. Like I think you could name a lot of programs that could be have a claim for like top five brand in college football. I mean, Texas is still always Texas up there. still be up there. They Oklahoma has always consistently kind of been up there. Georgia's up there now, but yeah. historically probably not a top five all-time program. I think I'd say the same thing about Clemson. Florida State's still a huge brand, uh, even though they've been down for a decade now. I mean, Miami's still Miami's still a brand. They haven't been still good brand. in they, twenty they, years. They've slipped though. I think continuously for the past. Because there's that staying power has a certain time limit. Like if you're, if you're not national title caliber for like ten straight years, like you you fall off. Like Miami's still a brand for sure, but think about where they were in like 2005, still that close to like their that second era of domination to where they are now. Like it's 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 totally different, um, but they're definitely still like, still a big brand. I don't Texas Kansas is a bigger brand than Kentucky in college basketball. I don't. I don't agree, but it's a lot closer than Kentucky fans think. I mean, I, honest. I mean, it, it's six and one half dozen with Kansas and Kentucky for me in terms of. I mean, and, and, and I'm like that with all the schools though. Yeah. Uh, apparently, street clothes is Anthony Davis's nickname. There you go, Mr. Suit Guy. <laughs> I like Mr. Suit Guy better. Suit Guy's better. Street, MSG. Street clothes. Street clothes is funny though too. Mr. Suit Guy. Um, Texas, have you seen any women's basketball preseason top 25 yet? Curious where you've listed. We talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, the AP top 25 poll actually came out today. Louisville is number seven. They're the highest ranked ACC team, even though there are five ACC teams in the top 15. Uh, Notre Dame is number nine, and NC State is number 10. But Louisville, number seven, eight straight year that Jeff Wallace has his team as a preseason top preseason 10 squad. Ten straight years. Eight straight years. Eight straight years. They've been in the top 10. That is a unreal, unreal streak, and hopefully we can get back to a Final Four and take it two steps further this year. Texas says, my dad passed away this last Tuesday. I'm so sorry. He was a listener to your show, and it helped him get through his dialysis sessions. So thank you for that, and glad his last UofL football game that he watched was a win. Well, thank you for saying that, and, and certainly our, our thoughts and prayers are, are with you and your entire family and everybody who's grieving your father's loss. That's, uh, uh, that's terrible, but 
happy that we could help in some small well, way. The heels of bad news, way. that, that kind of makes my day a little it bit. Does it does. I mean, bit. it makes me feel better about myself. For sure. I am sorry, though, about the passing of I hope the last thing that he heard you say was not something just ridiculous. <laughs> now, now you make me feel like I'm the blame. Like, <laughs> you should. He's... He's like, I can't take this Trevor anymore. He pulls the plug on this. Like, <laughs> that was it. It was, the, it was a lack of their ability to do math. That just, that was done. <laughs> Who, what in front of your kids? Oh, this is it. I can't live in this world. <laughs> like, semi-seriously, like, I, so I, I do have this thought about, this is the way my mind operates. This is, this is how just wrecked I am by sports, particularly Cardinal sports, about how mad I'm going to be if, like, my last, U of L game before I die is a basketball loss to like, like, I don't know, Samford or something. I don't want to, like he talked about you. I'm glad my dad's last game was a, was a win over Virginia. I have thought about all the time. Like what if my last, like what if I died when I first got sick in, in May? I was like, what if I die in my last season is as a U of L fan is the worst college basketball season of my life when I'm on the intro video <laughs> and a six and seven football season where we lose to Air Force. What a horrible way to go out. I mean, would you nitpick it by game or by the, the season result? This, well, it depends. If it's in the middle of the season, then by game. I guess. But okay. if it's like, like if I had passed away in June when I thought my heart was going to explode, like I would have been very pissed that like it was like the last season I got to watch, the coach left in the middle of the year and we won 13 games. It's not the way I want to go out. I mean, I don't need a national title, but I want it to be a fulfilling season. Like, I was gonna think, like the last, well, last game my grandma would have been able to see, though she wasn't like coherent enough to see, was the record blowout and in the uh, Big East tournament in fourteen. That's good. Yeah, I mean that was that Russ was, dropped forty. Yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, that was the, technically the last game we had basketball for. I mean, you're, you're probably right. My luck would be like us getting beat by like seventy-seven to ten by by Clemson. It's like James Madison. I'm just Vince. <laughs> All I know is I'm gonna definitely I blame Vince. <laughs> like I do have these thoughts. Like imagine like Charge Vince was manslaughter for me. <laughs> imagine the last image in your brain as you're like I'm on a hospital bed is like East Carolina rushing the floor against us after beating us <laughs> in basketball. And I'm like I'm like no, just hang on for at least a couple more. I, this can't be the last thing that I see. Just furious at God afterwards. I mean, all I can say is I've seen at least an Eagles. I've seen I've seen every team except for the Blue, the, the Pacers win a championship. My favorite, so I would have to hold on for several more years for the Lions to get to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the Reds. You're gonna be like, like Ted Williams' frozen head. Don't let me die in the middle of a rebuild. <laughs> like passing away, I'm like, but they've got so much Triple H talent. You can see the doctor right now in the conversation. He's he has no working organs. His brain is shut down. We think we should pull the plug. Not to the Lions with a playoff game. I've got to see Ellie De La Cruz <laughs> at least get in that bat for the Reds. Yeah, I mean, I've got to see how this thing plays out. I have these thoughts all the time. <laughs> this is how my mind operates. It's not healthy. Um, I'll tell you what, take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll, uh, we'll give some more uh, football recruiting notes and also talk about this weekend and take more texts at 502-414-1450. It's the Thornton Sex Line on the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I'm looking for a fox. Uh, Tonight the sky's the limit. I got some money and I'm gonna spend it.
Is that the, the Walmart kid right there? So they, yeah, they had, well, they had, well, Goodman took Belushi's spot. Well, what, what, hold on, what, when was the song made? This is this is the last song in the movie. So. Okay, so it's not. I was thinking it was the Walmart kid from like whose name I can't remember, from like 2020. Oh no no! It no. sounds like him. No, the Yodel Kid. <laughs> no, that's the one I called. That's Buster. I said you'd be in the movie. Okay. <laughs> Trevor celebrating Blues Brothers because he watched Blues Brothers last night. Pretty Probably self-explanatory. Time. It's fine. Uh, he's been doing the music. We've had a good time today. Welcome back in. Final segment here of the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We talked at the beginning of the show about Scott Satterfield's time, um, his weekly press conference, what he said about Malik, what he said about injury updates. I wanted, and I totally just dropped the ball on this. I wanted to get to this quote, namely because I wanted to hear Trevor's reaction. And this is not shockingly. Perfect time for five thirty. It's not a Brian Brown quote. This is a Lance Taylor quote. Okay. So Lance Taylor was 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 asked about, you know, the offense looking fluid against Virginia, the game plan going so well, winning by seventeen. You know what's changed, and he said, the staff is just beginning to bond and gel as a unit, and I think that's what you saw against Virginia. I, I know that he intended this to be like a positive thing. I mean, he's the only one new really on the staff. I mean, I guess McGriff kind of, but it's October. It's, it's mid October at this point. <laughs> that was the sixth game of the year. It all summer. You know what are we talking about? Sometimes the tortoise wins the race. You know, or the tortoise like comes in fourth in the ACC Atlantic. I guess is the is the new goal. <laughs> That's like, the Family Guy with the, the rabbit gets run over. And tortoise, tortoise passes him because of it. <laughs> he said, he said it, sometimes it takes time for an offensive coaching staff to gel and build chemistry to better collaborate on a game plan. They've been the quarterback and these guys have been together for years. Look, it's the same system they've been running for four years. It struck me as odd as well. That this was because that was, I mean, from his own personal aspect, I get, I can get it to a degree, even though I agree with what you said. It's been six weeks, dude. But, and they talked about this all summer. Like, that's when they wanted to gel. They were getting to know each other better. It's like them spending all summer talking about finishing, and then when, get, when they get into the season, it's like, well, we just couldn't finish. Like, well, then, then what, what were we doing all summer? Well, What's we talk, happening? Because we talked about it. We, we, we focused on nothing but finishing games, and we, then it still doesn't happen. It's like, well, I mean, you could have just gone on vacation on summer then. Well, take, take the team to Europe next year. <laughs> Problem is, they talked about finishing. They just didn't actually prepare for it. <laughs> he's a great shooter he's just not a great maker shot it a lot just didn't make it a whole lot that's my athletic career right there <laughs> I saw that and I was just like Lance I, I I know you're meaning this is a good thing like we're showing strides nobody wants to hear that we're finally coming football is a short season you get 12 games when you're just gelling midway through the year it's not a great thing especially when the, I mean I guess it, it's portends better things for the second half of the season but we have a very tough second half of the season schedule we can be gelled as hell. We, we can be full-on gelled. We can be gelling like Magellan, the old uh, 90s references right there. And we still may go 2-4 and four against the schedule. Maybe we should have been gelled from week one. <laughs> Maybe we should have been gelled to the point that we were 5-1 and one going into the stretch uh, instead of 3-3. Three and three. Also, out of curiosity, how did we gel well in a game where our starting quarterback didn't even play? Are we going to be ungelled now with Malik back? I mean, yeah. Are we Yeah, are we gel or I mean, is, are, you are we saying, gelled or not? I mean, is it me or is he kind of calling Malik kind of, you know... I'm yelling about gelling. <laughs> I mean, is he saying Malik was the reason why we didn't gel the first time? I think you're reading too much into is it. Is Brock the glue that holds this Cardinals bowl, bowl game in, in, in place? Oh, boy. Doman's glue. Doman's glue. <laughs> Comes out to a gorilla glue. I just saw that and I was like, man, like... <laughs> 
I, I know you're meaning this as like an uplifting thing and like getting the fans excited, but it's kind of like Scott Satterford after the Syracuse game being like, we just couldn't match their energy. We're going to match it moving forward. Like, no, like you don't get to do that. You don't get to say, you should have been matching. It's the first week of the damn season. I'm just picturing like Satterfield, like the general enforced companies. I'm plugging all this stuff. <laughs> like, stop talking. It's like pulling plugs out of the thing. We really started yelling about midway through the war. It's like, well, you've already lost that. <laughs> yeah. I think we're really starting to gel over there in Vietnam. <laughs> Really year nine will be us. Hitting our stride here in year six. We're finally making some progress. Yeah. It's already lost. It's, it's done. I mean, it's about to, yeah. I mean. God. Um, 502-414-1450 is the only text line. I guess. We'll take some text. By the way, 4-1 Yankees in the, uh, the fifth oh. inning for those who are interested in baseball here. Texas, you may have touched on it this already, but what are your all thoughts on Amari saying that he's out the next two games on Twitter? Sat was a no comment today. We did talk about it briefly when we were in the first hour talking about Satterfield's comments because he was asked specifically about, you know, Amari tweeted out and then deleted that he's out the next two games. I'm glad someone asked him that, by the way. I am too. He, 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 they did it the right way too. I don't know who asked the question, but they tossed it into like a question about other injuries that you knew Satterfield. Nice. He's, like, he's, like, he's like, you know, Tyon Evans has been out, also Jalen Mitchell and Kendrick Duncan. And also there was this tweet and Satterfield, he addressed the injuries. If you, if you missed us talking about this earlier, he basically said of the guys that didn't play or got hurt against Virginia – Adonis Boone is the fourth name to throw out there. Tyon Evans is the only one who's still kind of questionable for this weekend. He did practice on Sunday but was limited. Everybody else is is full go. They'll have Jalen Mitchell back this week. Kendrick Duncan will be back. Adonis Boone will be back. And then he kind of danced around the Omari Huggins-Bruce thing. He said he doesn't. he's not going to talk about tweets that may or may not have been sent and all this stuff. But Well, no, he did get sent. <laughs> yeah. There's no questioning whether it was may or may not I'm sent. I'm using his words. I know. I'm just saying. He, The way that he was unwilling to address it head-on, led me to believe that we're not going to have a Mario Huggins-Bruce this weekend. Also, I'm assuming, I mean, it's, I, I know we brought this up briefly because I didn't, I, when the tweet first came out, I, I just thought injury, I guess, initially. Because he, he did get, didn't he, 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 he got slowly, I think, during a play. He was Virginia. fine at the end of the game. He was not, but he was bouncing around. That's true. But I mean, but now, I mean, I mean, this, this is a disciplinary thing? I am... I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I don't think it's an injury. And that, if you don't think it's an injury, that means it's disciplinary. And if it's disciplinary for two games, how do we not know what what's, what happened? I think we'll find out. But I I, th- I do think he'll be out for two games. We'll see. Um, Texas says, did you guys see the, the Creed 3 trailer? I, won't, I haven't even watched Creed 2. I love Creed. Creed Amazon. I liked it a lot. You hate I, all sequels, though. No, I actually I didn't hate. Well, first of all, that I found I, I consider Creed a continuation. More I, think than that's, I think that's that's fair. Um, the only, and I actually I you know, take it back. I do like the thing I didn't like about Creed. It just had one too many like montages in it. Like I didn't need the biker montage for five minutes. I liked it. I thought it was just pointless. And then Rocky had a montage. <laughs> Sports movie like, montage. Listen, I love a good montage, but when you use more than two montages in a movie, that's just lazy. That's 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 lazy. I kind directing. of agree. It's it, and, it's like the one fedora per group rule. Yeah, one montage per sports movie. I mean, you can get two. You can do it two if you want. Nah, I mean, you're pushing it. They, you they can, better be good. I mean, yeah, but any more than two, and, and Creed has like four. I think it's too many. So three too many. That's the only thing I didn't like. And I I didn't mind Creed, but yeah, I just didn't. It didn't leave me going. I want to watch Creed two, and so I really have no desire to watch Creed two. I liked Creed though. Did you watch Creed two? No. Okay. Were there really four montages, though? I don't know if there was. I might be. I, like I, I was going to say, I would have had an issue with that. I know there was at least two. I'm a one-montage one montage man. Because that was one of the things some people don't get. Like, everybody always thinks, like, when I talk about comedies recently, and one movie that gets brought up a lot that I just didn't really like was Neighbors. 
Oh, I love Neighbors. And that does have four montages in it. And it was just like, that was at the point where I'm like, okay, drugs, hot women montage. I like it, but I need four of them, really. I see that. I don't care about that. Like, that's in, in any movie. I'm talking about sports movies where, like, the obvious montage of, like, somebody showing progress. Like, I'm fine with one of those. But other, like, well, in a comedy, movie. I'm fine with montage. Well, I mean, every movie's going to have a montage in it in some way. Not every I mean, movie. Majority do. Especially com- most comedies and sports movies do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're... Sports movies and, and comedy movies, montages are very different. I just couldn't get a Neighbors. I just didn't find it very funny. Oh, I love Neighbors. I like the second one, too. Oh, that's teach his own. By the way, U of Men's Soccer back in action tonight. Uh, cars number 11 in the country. Yeah, Looking man. to bounce back after a tough Friday night loss to number 5 Syracuse. They will host Middle- Eastern Tennessee State, East Tennessee State tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, is the kickoff at Dr. Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium. Also, if you can't make it out to the to Lynn Stadium, you can catch it on ACC Network Extra. I did find out yesterday we were we asked the question about you know, Louisville Live. Is it going to be on TV? Is it going to be streaming anywhere? That was me asking that question. I it think. will be streaming. <laughs> okay. Oh, awesome. ACC Network Extra. You can catch it there. So there will be, if you can't make it out to, to uh, Slugger Field on Friday night, you will be able to watch the festivities via stream. Now, remind me again, ACC Extra Network, that is, that's not like, if you have ES, if you have just ESPN, you don't have to have ESPN Plus to watch that, right? I'm not sure. I think ACC Network I have Extra ESPN is Plus, normally just so regular I, ESPN stream, I think. I think that's right, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. What about uh, Red White? Is that going to be streaming anywhere? I, that, I don't know. That, I think, is, is a no. That's... I know we've had that's been on TV before, right? It used to be back in the day, and they just yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's not like an every year thing. It, it stopped being an every year thing because Patino would like <laughs> would like out of nowhere be like, "We're doing the red white this weekend. We're doing another one," and like so they couldn't like schedule it. They they could sell tickets quickly enough, but they couldn't like get TV all together. And in the early Patino days, I just went to them. So I mean. so did I. Um, but they will. You know, that's going to be Sunday at three p.m. To my knowledge, unless somebody can correct me, I don't believe it's going to be streaming anywhere. But the, I mean, I'm sure I can find highlights online, but I mean, I don't want to watch highlights. I want to watch the, the actual sure. stuff. Yeah. And then we're going to have um, the first exhibition game will be a week from Sunday against Lenore Ryan uh, at 2 p.m. And then the second one will be against Chaminade. Silver Swords coming to town Thursday, November 3rd. And then after that, six days. Is Lenore Ryan a famous person? I don't think so. I mean, it sounds like a name, right? Yeah. It's a hyphenated name. And most, most, most universities are named after like famous people. I mean... Like I can, I mean, if most universities named a, that are you know named after an individual. I can probably tell you who that person is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know anything about. But it. I don't know who Lenore Ryan is. Though. Is it male or female? I don't know. Okay, I, like, I, I literally just know that it's the name of a school I in you North were just Carolina. Googling it too. I didn't know. No, I've got no idea. All right. I, I can. I don't don't really care that much. <laughs> it's in North Carolina though. Uh, yeah, I, I assume it's like two different people's last names, but okay. I could be wrong. Maybe it's somebody's name. I don't know. <laughs> like the Lynn family instead of going Mark and what her, what's her name? I just don't know, Trev. And I'm just throwing out suggestions. I don't. Texas says, Trevor knows that I get good wrestling seats. That's the guy who's going to Cincinnati. Oh, he does. He does. He, he's usually more mid-level, uh, uh, not, not upper level, but mid-level, like, I'm trying to think the best way. To, kind of like you're sitting like where you, you're not looking like right in Face to face to the ring, but you're looking down a little bit, which is a good angle. Yeah, it's good angle down. Texas says we were talking about the, uh, the the pit running back and you not being able to pronounce his name. Texas says you don't need to know the running back's name if you're Satterfield. Also, you just call him number two. He did in the press conference. He did refer to him as that running back, the short guy with the ball. He's never he never. I, and this isn't just a Satterfield thing. This is like a college football thing. They like, so many of them never refer to the other players by name. Even when it was like Lamar Jackson, a lot of the coaches would be like. 
Of course, number eight. I do see it more with Satterfield than I do because a lot of times I'll read the the opposing coach transcripts for game previews to get the quotes in the quote section. And a lot of times, like, the other coach is saying Malik Cunningham's name out, right? He's like, Malik Cunningham's one of the most dynamic players, dynamic players. And Satterfield's always like, you know, number eight's good, number two's good, their running back's good, their quarterback's really versatile. Like, he never calls a player by name. And I just, I guess it's because you're studying tape and you're not hearing their names. I don't, it's a weird thing, though, to just not, because I would always do it. I, I feel like if I was a coach, I'd always be like, yeah, they've got <laughs> Slovis and he's going to pass it to this guy. And he's going like, to, I guess maybe you don't want to insult somebody by not knowing their name. Or maybe or you don't want to, you don't want to like make them more than their they ego are or something. Yeah. Well, it's no. not working. So maybe just, just, you know, call him by name. Instead of that big guy. Is he that tall guy? <laughs> I mean, that was just bad. That almost came off as like you just like being like, just, you knew who he is, coach. Yeah. Uh, Texas said, did you see the offer that Pierce Clarkson got last night? I did. Uh, UCLA offered him, which, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. That's fine. I don't like that the, and I know all kids do this, but I still feel I'm more comfortable when like a recruiting network like a scout or a 247 is reporting that, like, hey, Pierce Clarkson was offered by UCLA today, as opposed to, like, Clarkson themselves tweeting it out, which is what happened last night. He's like, blessed to be offered by, you know, UCLA and you know, one of the best teams in the country right now. I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it makes me a little bit uneasy. But I still feel good about Pierce coming to Louisville. But that, I did see that. And they've got it rolling right now. Chip Kelly, undefeated. Uh, Texas, we thought that Air Force wouldn't More throw USC. Yeah. Texas, we thought that Air Force wouldn't throw it either. I'm calling Clovis setting a personal record on Saturday. Fair point. Oh, yeah. Are we ever going to get over Air Force tossing for like 500 yards? No. Nor should we. No, it's no. I mean, I'm trying to think of a way to compare it. Like, I'm trying to think, like, like, we we played Mike Leach and he ran for 250 yards on us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Texas, why are the Broncos consistently on national TV? Great question. I've got no idea. It's awful. I know in hindsight it does seem awful, but honestly, going into the season, three things. One, they're supposed to be good. Denver does good ratings. It's a, it's a very good fan base. Even when I'm mean, walking out before overtime, it's a good fan base. Uh, second, they were thought to be really good, yeah. I know that we, you and I talked about this off air, but they announced today that the NFL is now going to start doing it. I'm kind of surprised that this happened, hasn't happened earlier. They're going to do like a Black Friday game <sighs> on Prime Video. Now, I... Are they moving? Day after Thanksgiving. Are they moving the Thursday night game to the Friday? Or I don't think so. I think they're just taking like one of the games on Sunday and moving it to Friday. I mean, which you know it's gonna be Broncos or Bears <laughs> or Lions. Oh my! Uh, well, the Lions aren't moving from twelve thirty on Thursday. I mean, are, are we gonna make it? I mean, it's not gonna be a traditional team like Lions and the Cowboys because that, that's the Friday, the Thursday night game is not either. And it's, it's crazy to think the Thursday night game's been going on for like fifteen years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it still seems like I still want to whine about it like old man style, but oh, I like that they added it. I, I I do too. I've gotten used to it and I like it, but do I really want Friday? I mean, you've got I mean Friday, you've got like Egg Bowl and you used to have Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, and then it, it got moved by because of the NFL game. Yeah, I mean, you've, and then you've, and you've got some other college football games I think on that day as well. It and, used to be better because you used to always have Texas versus Texas A and M. Yeah, is that and they was, okay. they always played Colorado Nebraska as, as like the three thirty game. And it was always great. Like th- this one, those teams were all relevant, and you knew what you were getting. Like when you woke up on th- on the day after Thanksgiving, grab some leftovers, make a, a cold turkey plate, and then watch Texas hopefully lose to Texas A and M. And now I feel like it's always a grab bag of games. It, it it's changed, and I don't really like it as much. But adding the extra NFL game, I think it's a it's a no brainer on their end. And also like going back to the Broncos thing. 
everybody who whines and complains about having to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving, shut up. Like you've sat through every god awful game every Thursday night this year. The Sunday night games have sucked as well. Like stop. I mean, the Monday night games have sucked as well. Stop. Like you, you can you can deal with one Lions game a year at twelve thirty. It's not that big of a deal. At least they're playing the Bills this year, so it's probably going to be like a bloodbath. You'll enjoy that. You'll laugh, point and laugh at the Lions. Ah, have some fun. Who's Dallas play? I wonder. I'm not sure. Yeah. God, it's gonna be a bad Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, it depends on how what the food is. You big? Are you big on Thanksgiving food? I like Thanksgiving. We go. I mean, it's my favorite holiday. See, we rotate. We do one year at my parents' house, and then one year at, at uh, Mary's parents' house. And both of them, thankfully, have like fantastic food. Like both just oh, kill with their it. dinners. If one was worse than the others, it would suck. Because I'd be like, oh god, like we have to go to my parents, or like, oh god, we have to go to Mary's parents. But thankfully, it's um. Both are very good. Now, the only thing about going to Springfield is the holiday becomes much less lion centric for me when we go to when we go to Springfield. Because growing up, like we just like my dad and I were all into the Lions game. Like stuff didn't really start until the Lions had been beaten handily by like two p.m. and then we focus on the the other part of the day. But now, like they wanted a game winning field goal the other day, and I was like having to like go into the kitchen and back and forth when we were in Springfield. I was like, like you know, nobody else in the family cares. Her dad is great about it, but like the, you know, she's got two sisters. You start Thanksgiving pretty early then with. Some people do Thanksgiving like at night. We do it a little bit later at my parents than we do it when we do it in Springfield. We're all, we're usually about a about a one o'clock start. One between one and one thirty usually is my family Thanksgiving. Yeah, we do more. I think I want to say it's like more like three thirty four my parents, and it's like two two thirty at Mary's. Yeah, but you're also doing multiple. I only do one. So. Yeah. Now some people. Well, no, family, we just do, as, like I said, we rotate years. Yeah. Okay. And so oh well, you know, okay. So you don't. Yeah, we're okay. in Springfield for, to stay. Now we're. It's also like such a busy week because we've got. It's, it's such a big like we always have to do the radio show on Friday because we got UVL UK football on Saturday. So like I have to come back if, if we're in Springfield. That's right, we did that this we did it last year too. Obviously, we'll do it again this year because it's still a big deal. It's gonna be a big week too. We'll have Maui Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week, um, then Thanksgiving, and then UK UVL preview on that uh, on that Friday. It's also gonna be the uh, United States is gonna play a World Cup match against Wales in the oh, middle of all be that. Awesome. It's I mean it's gonna be a loaded week. It's just a lot to get. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. Are you ready? For what? To find out the, the origin of Lenore Ryan. Oh, God. Is that what you've been doing the whole time? Looking? No, I've been listening to you, too. I, you've, been, you've been distracted by your phone. I thought you were doing Cardinal Insider. No, I already did that. Okay, well, who, who is Lenore Ryan, or what is Lenore Ryan? <laughs> Such a downplay, too. Uh, it was named after uh, a combination of Walter W. Lenore, who donated the land, and uh, Lincoln County industrious named uh, Daniel Ryan. So I was right. It's a hyphenate. It's a two, yeah, two, two, two people names that aren't like anybody famous. Very disappointing. I'm glad you spent that much time looking at No, we kicked their butt. We'll see you on two Sundays, Lenore and Ryan. <laughs> Texture says, uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you ignore watching things with newer people, how will you ever learn who new people are? Broaden your horizons, TK. What do you, what do you mean? It's about how you, like, whenever you see a talk show, you like don't know any of the people. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the... the Selling point though is you put people out there that people know. But you're never gonna know anybody new if you never like watch anything new. It's his point. I mean, I guess, sure. I mean like <laughs> I mean <laughs> if you're like that guy's that's like that's like that's like the chicken and the egg argument of like I don't like I don't like meeting strange I don't like talking to strangers. Well then how are you gonna meet anybody new? It's not really a chicken and egg argument, it's just pretty straightforward. Like you don't watch anything new or listen to anything new, so you're not gonna know any of the new people. But maybe that's a good thing. I mean, maybe, but also you can't be like I don't know. You can't be surprised when you I mean, look at a, a show. I think my life would better if I actually like watched Megan Thee Stallion like crap. I mean, no, 
You don't know that. How would you know? I mean, I've seen like I've seen her one rap and it sucked. <laughs> but you're not going to know any people. His whole point is when you're like, oh, I don't know any of these people. This, they suck. You don't. You don't. You have no idea. You've never watched them. Well, I don't know who they. I never. I don't, I don't know. Them. I'm not going to say they suck, but I'm just saying I don't know. Well, them. you did just say we need to get better people on. Well, more noticeable people, yeah. But you don't notice them because you don't pay any attention to anything that's happened post 2002. I, that's not, first of all, it's way not true. You're, you're uh, 2002, really. Kind of, yeah. Really? Music? Yes, I can name tons of people from in the last 21 years. Well, you can name, but you do like them. Well, if I, but if I can name them, which means I've listened to them, it doesn't mean I don't have to like them. But you don't like anything post 2002. That's, again, not, and that's not my fault. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, you you act like just because I know them, I have to like them. I just I'm, I can know them and still think they suck. But you don't know a lot of people. Is what you, is, was your whole point? Well, a lot of them I don't know. I mean, but some I do. I mean, I didn't know who Little Baby was. You didn't know Da Baby. Either. I don't know. I don't know who Dat Baby is either. Da Baby, Little Baby. But you know Bad Baby now. That's the Catch Me Outside person. Right? Yes, Catch Me Outside girl. That's the one yeah. that stuck. Yeah. Bad baby. And I know that is, and you know what? It's stupid. Well, that is stupid. <laughs> okay. But she's also not going to be on any talk shows anytime soon. Thank God. <laughs> Texas throws the pit receiver transfer showing up at Louisville before the Saturday. Also, now Pitt is guaranteed to throw all over us. Again, uh, we, we speak were, things into existence. Yeah, they weren't throw over us anyway. Yeah. Oh, you know Slovis is going to have like 400 yards passing. Probably. He's going to have a career. He's gonna, it's going to be the best he's looked since his freshman year at USC. Texas, does Trevor know who Ezra Cornell or Leland Stanford were? Well, one of them's a, 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 a Ivy League school, I believe. But the well, yeah, Cornell. Cornell, is, yeah. But the person. It's not. Is that not who Cornell is named after? Ezra Cornell. Ezra Cornell is, and then Leland Stanford's who Stanford's named after. Okay. Yeah, he just was asking if you knew who they were. Oh no, not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to? <laughs> Texas says Naylor Boomerang. You say Ezra, I think better than Ezra. <laughs> I do. Tomorrow, <laughs> Bond kind of wins. <laughs> Oh, uh, what was the last text? I'm sorry, I talked over you. Oh, the the Naylor guy got struck out. The guy who did the rocking the baby to oh, Garrett Cole, did. and all like all these kids are like just doing it right to him as he walks the dugout back. You know what? You, it's it kind of what you deserve, dude. You turn about fair play. Yeah, you're gonna mock him. Don't get mad when you get mocked right back. For so it. we had that conversation. I think it was. I guess it was yesterday. And when I got in the in the car, there was national radio on, and they were having the exact same conversation. It was like I like bat flipping. I like you know all this stuff. But this felt a little bit much to me. I'm like, I was like, thank you. I'm not. I don't feel like that much that old for what? saying that. You're like jogging in place. Can't get those legs loose. By the way, the pitcher for Cleveland right now is wearing 99. That should be that's like sacrilegious to me. Why? Because that's Ricky Vaughn's number. Oh, who cares? He's in the 99. His name's not Vaughn, is it? It's fine. The number should be retired. But we, the, the national people, were on our pay, on our side. Like they thought that it was just you know. Maybe, well, they should be. Maybe tone it down a little bit if you're, especially the, the circumstance. Listen, I'm all I'm I'm all in favor of a good a, a good laugh when someone gives you the when you give somebody the bird, but you don't do it when you're running. I mean, there, there there's a line to draw. And also, like he's Garrett Cole and you're Josh Naylor. Like you're a, a whatever player for the Guardians. Naylor better than newer. <laughs> you're like a 240 hitter who was 111 off of him, and it just tied the game in the fourth inning. Like maybe maybe tone it down a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, tonight. We got this game. Care to venture a prediction now? The Yankees threatening again to score. They're up four I mean, one here. We just use our predictions from last night when the game. Didn't we both happen. picked the Yankees. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So we got NLCS game one tonight. I believe the first pitch is at eight thirty seven, eight oh three. I take it back. <laughs> Phillies on the road taking on the Padres. FS one. Who you got game one? Zach Wheeler versus you, Darvish. 
First of all, why does baseball always use random times for their starts? It's TBS. No other sport does 03 or 37. College basketball does. Do they? And college football. I always notice on the game notes, it's like it's like tip-off is 7.01, and the kickoff is 12.32. It means it says 7, and they push. But anyway, um, Zach Wheeler plays for the Phillies, right? Yes. I got him in fantasy baseball. I'm taking the Phillies and Zach Wheeler. Uh, I'm going pods. You uh, Darvish holds the line. He darn it sucked for me two years ago. Well, he's going to be great tonight. The year he signed with Texas, and he was horrible. Uh, we also have uh, NBA tonight, opening night in the league. Uh, the big game. God. 10 o'clock TNT, I guess two big games tonight. 10 o'clock TNT, Lakers on the road taking on the reigning world champion Warriors. Who you got? I'm watching. I'm, God, please let Draymond punch somebody in the game. The only reason they're worth watching it. Um, I'm taking, I don't, uh, let's take the Warriors. I don't know. I'm taking whoever doesn't have to actually sit to that crap. I'm taking the Lakers. I think it's going to be <laughs> weird stuff happening on opening night. I think they take game one. More importantly, and there's something of entertaining value. Oh, yeah, you're wrestling. Does Orange Cassidy become a double champion tonight? No. He falls short. They fall short. He and the friends. It's a best friends. Best friends. He and the best friends. One of them from Kentucky, from Murray, Chuck Taylor. Well, now they're definitely going to lose. Uh, he and the best friends fall short, but he remains the intercontinental or all-Atlantic all uh, champion. <laughs> he brings it home. Keeps it home. We'll get you a, a replica All Atlantic belt. He didn't lose the title if he loses tonight, though. No, no, okay, no, no. Good. This is this is a this is a strictly a a trios belt title. There you go. All right, uh, everybody. Thank you for sitting through that. I appreciate it. Everybody enjoy tonight. Have Wait, a fan- you act like it was so hard. Have a fantastic. Well, all of that was bad. Have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll see you guys tomorrow right here at three o'clock. Peace.